Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Are You Talking R.E.M.? Re-Me. And before we do, I uh, want to talk to Adam over here about Lisa. Lisa, not Lisa Simpson, by the way. Your eyes got really big. Uh, and we're not talking about Lisa Simpson. We're talking about Lisa the Mattress Company. L-E-E-S-A. Now they got even bigger. <laughs> they really did. Those are as huge as your actual head. Um, Lisa is an innovative, direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious, a lot like the band R.E.M. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, for every 10 mattresses Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. Not to mention, Adam, and I know that you were dying to mention this, but I'm going to mention it before you can. They have a patented universal adaptive feel. That's right. Lisa has this. It's designed for all types of sleepers, uh, which I would imagine light, heavy, (laughs) medium. Yeah. Everything on the spectrum of sleepers. So many different ones. And now Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, foundation, and frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home or someone else's, they don't care, for 100 nights risk-free. No risks. No risks. Not one. Not a single one. If you like the game Risk, you're allowed to play it. You can play it on the mattress. On the mattress. It's available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping. This 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or, hey, try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, NYC, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Get $125 off and get a free pillow. That's probably, that's like probably like a $20 value or something. Yeah. Wow. When you go to lisa.com slash R-E-M, that's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash R-E-M. From Chronic to Collapse, Town and Into Now, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Ramey? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is Good Rock and Roll Music. Yeah, yeah, Y-Q-Y, yes, queen, yes, we're back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, As I said, this is the only podcast you will need if you want to know everything about R.E.M., uh, from band member names to song titles. Sometimes we cover that. Like what's like uh, we don't just play the song. Sometimes we say we like particularly what they are. Favorite colors. Favorite colors of not only uh, ourselves, but of people in the world. And sometimes. Mean... Sorry to interrupt. Hey man, I haven't I haven't uh, introduced you yet. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, should we start over? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. All right. Here we go. From chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively, that is, this is R.U. Talking R.E.M. Remy, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M., including favorite colors, 
This is good rock and roll uh, music. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, uh, REM, but uh, before we do, I uh, first of all, I want to introduce myself. My name is Scott Ackerman. Favorite colors? <sighs> sorry. You interrupted me. Again. Sorry, sorry. This is so frustrating to me because what? how many episodes have we done together? I don't even know. Hundreds, yeah. if not thousands. Okay. And this is how you treat me? I apologize. Because you know you're wrong when you're doing it, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know I messed you're, up. You just want to be Adam Scott, the Hollywood bad boy, don't you? I don't. I don't. I, I messed you up. You think it's cool to act that way? I don't. I don't. Because you know what it does is it actually hurts my feelings. I can tell, and I'm sorry. Should we um, We need over? to start over. Yeah, okay. definitely. I'm sorry. Take Take three. Chronic to Collapse, Town and Into Now, respectively, that is, this is, are you talking to R.E.M. Remy, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M.? This is good rock and roll and music. Okay, welcome back to the show. Um, we're going to be talking about R.E.M. today, and uh, my name is Scott Ackerman, and I'm one of the hosts of the I show. I'm Adam Scott. God fucking damn it! Sorry, I thought we were introducing each other, or introducing ourselves. Uh, Go ahead. Just, just say what you want to say. What do you no, want to say? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess I... What do you want to say? You're Adam Scott. I don't. You have a, a successful television and movie career. You're so much better than me. Is that what this is about? Not at all, Scott. I I didn't... I wasn't even thinking of saying anything like that. What That's were you going to say? Tell me what you were going to say. Like, well, verbatim. I thought you were about to start the introductions, and usually you introduce me, and I always feel bad, so I thought maybe I'd do that for you so you'd have more time to talk about the stuff you care about rather than like what do you think me? i care about what are you what are well, you presuming I that I, I need so much time to care about i've been thinking about it since we've been off the air now for a couple of weeks like this what's scott into what's what's important to scott and i thought if i introduced myself like you would have more time oh to, my god is that really true that. that's what i was i mean that's what i thought that is actually i i have to say i've i've been hard on you in the past but that's well, actually kind of sweet i I appreciate that, but I also I want to just formally uh, apologize on behalf of uh, me and my family and just every my friends. Can you please tell your family and friends I forgive? Okay, but I you. never forget. God, tell your family that I will. that I'm not going to forget. I, w- I will. I okay, will. text them that. Let me. Okay, hold on. Let me text them. Uh, Wait, is this an episode of Text Mixed? I believe so. everyone welcome to text mixed this is scott and this is scott and uh, we're just talking about texts and mixed well here's the thing there's there's text mixed which is texting while uh eating delicious mexican, mexican food. food of course and yeah. then there's text mex which is uh, texas style style mexican. yes the the best combination of texas and mexico which is where they get the name it's sort of a portmanteau yeah of texts like normally you would say ass after. Yeah, Tex-ass. Tex-ass. And then you'd say Mex, and then it wouldn't be it very can. much longer. You you would say Ico. Or it can. It can. I can. I can. Mexican. 
Max, I can. I can. Yes, I can. I uh, and you know queso. Have you ever read queso? I love it. Okay. I can't get enough of it. Go down to. Uh, Austin, I don't say case no. I say case yes. What? Nothing. I didn't say anything. No. Repeat what you said, Scott. You know what you said. I don't want to say. Say it. I'm embarrassed. Say it now. I say case yes, not case no. Got it. Bye. Bye. Good app. Yeah. A little contentious at the end. A little bit, but that's fun. That makes for good radio. Oh, yeah. Speaking of good radio, we're talking about REM on this show, and my co-host is the wonderful... um, He's not just an interpreter of words. Huh. He takes the words, and he puts them in just like a jumbled brain stew up there in his old noggin. Yeah. And they come out all kind of discombobulated and weird, and, you know, that's what we love about him. It doesn't make any sense. Why do we like it? I don't get it. Adam Scott is here. Hi, Scott. That was a terrific introduction. You know, I do sometimes feel that I'm a a cipher, Mm. uh, an emotional translator. An enigma in a way. An enigma Sometimes the words words don't matter. Emotional stories. What are you communicating? You know, I've always thought the words don't matter. It's all about, like, you know how you can tell if a movie's good or if a performance is good? Turn the volume. Turn it way, way down. Up. Turn it all the way, way up, up, all so the way up, so that they're shouting painfully loud, painfully loud. And if you if you are getting it, you know, if you're understanding the story, even while you know your neighbors are, you know, yeah. rapping on your turn walls. Turn that down! Hey, you're turn, shut the fuck up over Stop there! Stop it! Then you get it. Then you've achieved the impossible. Which, which one of is, your films is great? Super, super loud. The the loudest, all the uh, way up to eleven. Spinal Tap reference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really. The, it, great it had to do comedy. with their amplifiers. Uh huh. Um, famous scene. Uh, Rob Reiner, who is mm-hmm. playing the documentarian, but Marty, also also he uh, directed the movie. He uh, that's I did not know that, but uh-huh. that's great trivia. Yeah, uh, and then also uh, Christopher Guest in that scene. I don't know if you knew that, but he I was in so. Spinal Tap. Yeah, the director of Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, he was in Spinal Tap. He was one of the actors. One of the there weren't actors in Spinal Tap. There were musicians. Well, I think what you're thinking is that you saw a documentary when you saw Spinal Tap. It's actually a mock documentary um, popularized. How it, later. There, there must by, be a, a better way to say that. A mocking documentary. No, a mock documentary. It's a, a documentary that's mocking the very ideas of documentaries genre, themselves. It's a genre that was created by Spinal Tap, or by uh, you can. Some people credit uh, Albert Brooks's real life with mm-hmm. uh, creating that uh, sub genre. Um, I feel like this might be an episode of I Love Films. <laughs> it might be. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about films today. We're talking about the greats. We're talking about uh, su- subgenres as well. A subgenre, which is a genre. Take a genre and then, you know, kind of lop off, create another category within that genre. So, name, you know name I mean? a great film. Uh, let's say, um, uh, uh, it shouldn't uh, be this hard for the co-host of I Love Films to name a great film. What Scott, are you doing? Here's what's going on. There are so many films that I love 
that it's hard for me just to throw a grab. Let me name a year. Guy. Let me name a year. Okay. 1941. Yeah, great film. Great film. Love exactly. It. Yeah, yeah, Spielberg's terrific. best. Okay, so that's a comedy. What would be a subgenre of that particular comedy, Scott? So a subgenre of film that's comedy? Yeah. You have the little tramp. I like where you're headed. Um, you have Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp, yeah, sure. Uh, it's kind of funny. I wouldn't call it a comedy. I'd call it more of a charming animated classic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Eyes wide shut. Great. Look at their tiny penises. Great. It's funny. Yep. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Get up. Yeah. Get up. 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 Remember that? Uh, Henry Mancini. Another uh, great musician we're talking about. Terrific musician and uh, very creative person. Very creative. Like, uh, it's almost like, what's going on up there? Like, I know. It's like random things that he's doing together. The like stuff that comes out of that guy's head. It's like, wait, what is what is that? I don't even get how you how would put those do it? things together. And But do, I, we love it when he does it. Uh, I mean, I don't know what he's doing, but whatever it is, it's keep work. doing it. Hey, Henry... Keep going, please. Hey, Henry, I don't know what you're smoking, but can I have some? Can I have just a little bit of what you're smoking? Oh, just man. a little bit. Yeah. Just just give me some the of The tiniest that. bit of ecstasy or hash oil or whatever whoa, whoa, it is. Whoa, whoa, what? whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy. This isn't are you talking drugs, Remy, okay? I'm sorry, but- We're here to talk about music. We're here to talk about music. Drugs are not a part of uh, our lives. Or the lives of any musician. Any musician that we like. Nope. <laughs> Has never taken drugs. We are here, uh, Adam, to talk about the uh, the album uh, Munster, and uh, th- we're going to be talking about that coming up soon. Uh, and our guest, April Richardson, who is yeah. uh, a very funny comedian. Um, who uh, Big REM fan. Huge REM fan. And when we started doing the show, we knew that we had to get her on to talk about her experience. She's got some really interesting experiences with the band as mm-hmm. well. Um, but before we get to that, there's a couple, couple things I want to get. First of all, how are you? I feel like I don't ask you that enough. Like I just drive the show. Like, how, how are you doing? I appreciate that. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Well, that was boring. Okay. How about you? Uh, Scott, how are you doing these days? What's going on? <laughs> um, I'm okay, but let's get to what I want to get to. <laughs> Now you're wearing sunglasses. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, jazz. Cool. Is it, doing a good podcast is like doing jazz, isn't it? You no, know, I love talking about jazz. Is this an ep of talking about jazz? I think so. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Talking About Jazz. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're just talking about jazz as much as we can possibly do it what do you like about jazz you know, Scott? Scott, i'm gonna drop the persona for a second yeah. and just talk about jazz just talk about jazz without all the flim flam no and goobity goo i i just want to say two things about jazz mm. one i love listening to it and two i love the way it feels yeah i only have two things to say as well about jazz jazz and that is the bird yeah. 
Yeah, bird. Great saxophone player. Uh huh. The bird. The bird. The bird. The bird. I don't know if you knew if you listen to old recordings of uh, the bird, as they call him. Do you um, know this one? Yeah, that's a that was from classic. A terrific album uh, of the same name. The terrific thing, album. If you listen to live recordings, you can hear people in the audience going. The bird. the bird. And then sometimes going, Kaka! Kaka! That's your nickname! Yeah, constantly. They had to. It, it's unpleasant. As much that, as you hear it on the records, yeah. uh, they had to cut like half of them out. They cut so God. much out. They were just like. I mean, that, that used to be half of his performances. He would come out and he would just like, before he would even play a note, he would say, Let me have it. The bird. Kaka! Kaka! That's you! The bird. And hours would go by. That's your nickname. And he would go, I deserve it. That was his final album. It was called I Deserve, <laughs> I deserve It. it. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. Right. Good app. Yeah. Okay, so there's some things I want to get to. Sure. Um, there's a nice person who sent us, uh, you know, I love when the fans make songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we played in one of our previous episodes the "How Does It Feel to Be in REM." Can which we play that again right now, okay, just for enjoyment sake? Where is it? Where did I put it? Uh, did I send it to you somewhere? I bet I did. Yes. So let me see where it is. Uh, it makes us. Yes, here it is. It makes us laugh uh, very hard. Um, so let's hear a little bit of "How Does It Feel to Be in REM." How does it this feel? is a song that means a huge amount to me because I wrote it when I came out of a very bad, a very dark period. <laughs> How does it feel when you're in REM? <laughs> How does it feel when you're in REM? So good. I wish I knew who made it. I, I don't think I've been able to really? properly credit them, but uh, it's it's uh, on SoundCloud. It just says troubles afoot. Uh, okay, so then it may be the same person. I don't I don't know, but sent us a uh, sent us a new uh, th- possible theme song. Oh, okay. Uh, for the for the show, I don't think it's going to be our theme song, but uh, I thought you know why not play it? So uh, this is Kenny Beaumont. Whoops. Are you talking bands when everyone around you doesn't understand? It's not just for super fans. Are you talking about Reality and Scotty Ackerman? Hey, this is good rock and roll of music, said the other man. 
That's awesome. Ah, uh, that was good. Uh, I'm getting a note that says, uh, thank you, Kenny Beaumont. I'm getting a note that says, uh, the other one, how does it feel to be an REM, is Jordan Cooper. Jordan Cooper. Man, is, uh, those are both <laughs> those are great. phenomenal. Those are great. Thanks to, we, well, we, I honestly, if they're that quality, we'll play them. That's incredible. <laughs> send, I, send them to us. Uh, that was uh, that was really fun. Um, I got a tweet uh, the other day from a guy named Tim Gonsalves. Wait, is this an episode of Sweet Tweet? I believe so. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sweet Tweets. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking the sweetest of tweetists. I got a tweet uh, the other day that was so sweet. Oh, fucking sweet. Fucking sweet, bro. Fucking sweet. (laughs) Fucking sweet. Fucking sweet tweet, bro. Sweet tweet, bro. Fucking sweet trade. Tim Gonzalez at the Tim Gonzalez. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, he made a really good point. Uh, hey guys, just wondering why you've never discussed pepperoni pizza on your podcast. That's a good Not point. a complaint, just seems like a weird oversight. First of all, can we say it's kind of like a complaint? Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. A passive this asshole is trying to take us down. So fuck you, the real whoever the fuck you are. Yeah, uh, Tim Gonsalves, if uh, if you can hear me. Uh, I hope you can. Yeah. I hope your ears work. Let me see if I can. I hope you're listening it. to this and your ears work. Oh, yeah. Take a look at him. Look at this. This guy's a real prick. Oh, my God. What, what's he next to? A plant? Nah, who knows? I don't even know what this dude is up to. But, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but great point. But great uh, point. What? I, I guess I oh, have a little. That? I guess I have a little. Uh, it was the thing I was going to play next, but it sounded like I have a soundboard or something with drops. I'm playing. Um, <sighs> Great point. <sighs> so pepperoni pizza. We'll yeah. get to it at some point. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know when. I mean, but, at uh, some point. It, duly it, noted. Duly it can noted. be kind of like an Easter egg too. Like, yeah, sure. like listen very closely. Yeah. We'll, or we'll maybe probably find a part of the show that you really like and play it backwards. Maybe we'll talk about maybe, but yeah, I mean, it's just just keep close uh, 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 eared listeners. Is that a thing? What do they say? Cl- close eyed. Keep your uh, nose keep to your, the grindstone. Keep your ears peeled because at some point your during eyes one, shut w- during one of these episodes, you're going to hear it in the background. Maybe we don't know how it'll be, but someone will. S- we'll talk about what we think of uh, pepperoni pizza. We will, right? I like pepperoni pizza. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll do alert. it. We'll do uh, it at some point. Yeah. At some point. So just keep uh, keep your ears peeled. All right. This is the thing I was going to play uh, that I wanted to play to you. Apparently, uh, Rivers Cuomo. Played an REM song the other day in concert. Oh, yeah, Do you yeah. want to hear a little bit of it? Here we sure. go. I like it. It's good. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Always interesting when a musician of note who has a is of a certain stature who mm-hmm. has a very recognizable voice just does a plain simple cover of the uh, of another mm-hmm. uh band i like mm-hmm. it and plus i love rivers cuomo for uh saying on the weezer twitter that uh people should uh, just uh relax and sit back and watch comedy bang bang episodes did he <laughs> yes that's so. awesome so very nice uh keep it up rivers i like in that same show i believe he played uh a really great version of there's a Weezer song I'm forgetting the name of, but uh, oh, you so you watched the entire show? Good I, Life. I, he played Good Life. Oh, cool! An yeah, awesome yeah. version of Good. You Life. You weren't there, but you watched the yeah. The whole thing is on YouTube if you want he, to see the full. Yeah, because he did a few songs from the nine like covers of mm-hmm. '90s songs, and then yeah, he, he did Smashing Pumpkins, Oasis, um, some other things. But yeah, so you can find that. We yeah. we found it on uh, Stereo Gum, probably maybe mm-hmm. you did too. I believe that's where but I'm that's out there. It's on YouTube. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed that. And uh, do you have anything for me? I uh, know. Let's uh, let's jump in here, bro. Yeah, we're gonna get to uh, to monster. I think after the break, we're gonna have uh, uh, April Richardson will be here with us. But a couple things I want to bring up uh, before then, because the last episode we did was automatic for the people, and we didn't get to some of the topics we were gonna bring up. That's we, right. We didn't get to. Uh, by the way, I gotta end this episode of sweet tweet. So we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. a long one it was a longer app it didn't uh, seem like they were tweets really focusing on tweets towards the end of that no but you know they don't have it's not like a, a rule it may be an unwritten rule an unwritten rule know, definitely it's yeah it's, yeah they can yeah. talk about whatever they want to talk about um on the automatic episode did we talk about the greenpeace show they did we did not go ahead well, the one show they did for Automatic for the people, you know, it's kind of segues into Monster as well, is that Out of Time and Automatic for the People are by far their biggest records and mm-hmm. still are. They Those two records made them the biggest band in the world, and they did not tour for either of them. So by the time Monster came around, they were essentially touring for three giant albums. Yes. So, it's almost like touring was their bad luck charm. In a way, like their two biggest albums they didn't tour. It's like if I were them, I'd be like, "Hey, band meeting. Hey, let's stay off the road. People hate us when we play or something." Yeah, um, but they didn't. So, but whenever they toured, it was uh, successful. So, so the, is Greenpeace just like a one-off show? They they did? just did a one-off show uh, in Athens just a few weeks after Automatic for the People came out, and. It was long bootlegged, and I got it just like six months after it happened. I found a bootleg of it, and where'd you find this? At a record shop in Pasadena, where mm. I lived, mm-hmm. um, and it was so you didn't have to drive very far. So this is like real good luck for you. I don't think I had a working car at the time. <laughs> Why not? But I think I did bring a stack. I saw it there. That went home, got a stack of CDs that you sold, them in, to... sold so oh, I could buy the poor thing. outrageously expensive bootleg. Wow, it was like probably a $40 bootleg yes, or something. They're yeah. usually yeah. about $39.95 yeah, for yeah. a fucking For just a shittily song. recorded, yeah. yeah. Sounded like shit. Uh-huh. But it was a great show, and it's the only place where you could hear, like, Monty Got a Raw Deal live. You mm-hmm. could hear Everybody Hurts was a brand new song and not even a single yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really, like, fast version of Drive that was mm, kind of... Yeah. Um, and, and they also did it... 
uh, at uh, the MTV Awards that year. They did Everybody Hurts, and then it goes straight into Drive. Mm. Um, and I was actually there. I went to the Universal uh, Amphi- Did we talk about that on the I don't think so. And you keep bringing things up like, I was actually there. Yeah, you had nothing else to do, and you're an REM super fan. Of course you were. Well, yeah, but <laughs> going to the MTV Awards was not you, something you, that was – I happened yes. to have a friend that got a ticket. You, so you did surprise me with the – I was in the, the Drive video – yeah. <laughs> but, but at this point, like, this show? I was there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, I'm just going to assume you were there yeah, at all. I, I so pretty you would, much found a way to get in. This was it. an MTV movie. What what year was this? Is probably 94, 93? 93, probably. 93. Right, yeah, right, right. Not the movie awards. It was the It was the video, the video awards. awards. Okay, so, so September, between, September of 93, probably. Yeah, in between uh, Automatic and Monster, and yeah. they came and did the uh, – the awards and so they did everybody hurts into drive and i remember like peter buck got on stage with um the old peter dollar bill himself i think um anyway it was a it it was awesome and uh so that bootleg just came out with the 25th anniversary of automatic for the people and uh it's a great recording of it so it's worth uh oh yeah i do uh our friends uh we talked about him before who sent us the uh Automatic for the People box set, yeah. that, uh, that's on there. That's great. Yeah. Okay, I'll take a listen to that. I yep. haven't heard that live one. This is something we wanted to talk about we didn't talk about. This is, and I think this might be actually uh, an episode of You Talking You Two to Me. Oh, okay. From boy to breaking wave. Every last one of them, that is. This is You Talking You Two to Me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things You Two. This is good rock and roll music. Welcome back. We're back with this, with another rep. This is Scott. Uh, I want to say hi to my co-host, Scott. Hey. And, it's uh, been a while. It's been, been a while. while. Is this an episode of Stained Glass? I think it might be. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Welcome back to Stained Glass. We don't have one of our co-hosts here. I don't know I if know. we can do... We'll have to end this episode prematurely. Yeah. It's been a while. We'll see you later. It's been a while. It's been a while. So, uh, we want to talk about uh, a U2 happening that happened yeah. in... Uh, woo! There we go. I'm 1992. 1992. We didn't talk about this in But our it's li- also an REM happening. Wait a minute. Is this an episode of Are You Talking REM Re-Me? I think it might be. From Chronic to Collapse... Down and into now, that is. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll music. I uh, want to welcome Scott here. Hey. Adam Scott is with me. We're talking about R.E.M. Um, and we're talking about the time when R.E.M. for the inauguration of Bill Clinton yeah. to celebrate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, not inauguration. Yes, inauguration. So it was early 93, 93. Yes. Yeah. January of 93? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to correct me. Well, I was thinking, was your it first election night? Instinct and then I was is- thinking, no, it was inauguration night. But your first instinct is always to correct me. Well, you see, in America, Scott, uh, where were you born? 
I don't tell anyone this. Yeah. But I was born in Kenya. Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, our elections happen November usually. Mm-hmm. Don't America explain to me when okay. elections happen. I know when elections happen. I know you do. I just figured you didn't know exactly when the president became it's like around, the president. It's like around the end of the year sometime. It's like October. It's actually at the De- dawn of the De- new Decem- year. December. It's December 31st. It's December. the New Year's Eve <laughs> 10, party. 10, 9, 8, 7, exactly. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, Your vote! president. That's what happens every mm-hmm. year when we get a new president every year. Mm-hmm. Every year. Oh, I love it. Yeah. We, we can just see Santa's butthole as he's flying away. Bye, Santa. Bye, Santa. Time for and a president. hello, new president. <laughs> hello. Hopefully, it'll be Baby Donald president. Trump every year oh, from now I hope on. So. so in 93 for the inauguration, uh, R.E.M. Uh, teamed up with uh, their contemporaries, the only band that was as big as them. This is huge, and I can't believe we're, this isn't just an entire episode just for this. We even entertained the idea of centering just – an one entire episode, episode on, on this. this one song. So let's play a little bit of it. This is. Well, let's say, should we say what it is? I don't know. I'm not really sure what to do. This is half of REM and half of U2 teaming up to sing one, the U2 mm-hmm. song. The U2 song. Whoops. Video's going to play this after this sound ad. good. It sounds great. This is uh, an ad for Coachella, T Mobile. Oh. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, and Dennis Miller introduced it. Did he really? Hey, Cha Cha, here's you too. And Oswald on the prison transfer. Looking back at me like Kitty Kelly, Cha Cha. This is Mike Mills, Michael Stipe, Larry uh, Larry Miller, Larry Mullen Sr.'s son, and Adam Clay, 2,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. Where's Peter Dollar Bill at this point? Not in protesting. Got <laughs> someone. Did he know about Monica? This was another thing that was bootlegged, and you had to scrape it up somewhere, and I had a shitty copy for years. So when this happened, my brain shot out of my ears. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe this. Were you watching it live? Uh, no, I didn't have cable. <laughs> but I heard Christ about Adam. it later and then got the bootleg up. Do you ever, like, sit around and, like, turn on cable and go, I didn't ha- used to have that. Oh, my Life God. is good. I, yeah, I, I, some very generous producers I worked for are the ones that bought me cable for once when I did a pilot. Aww. Because they figured out how much I was into TV and movies and stuff and then found out I didn't have cable. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was very nice. Who are these people? Want to give them a... Mark Levin and Jennifer Flackett. They're the best. Wow. They, you know, uh, they make, um, they work with Kroll now. Oh, cool. On, uh, what's his show? Boss Baby? Yeah. (laughs) They work on Boss Baby with Kroll. (laughs) Cool. Um... So, okay, you're talking again. All right, I'll turn it down. Uh, they're called Automatic Baby. This was the the one and only performance of Automatic Baby because why? The two records that were out at the time, uh, Boss Baby. That's right, Boss Baby. <laughs> Boss and Baby. So, what do you think of this? Do you think this is like good? Like, what do you? Think? I like it. I think it's good. Where's the bonobos? I don't know. Probably sitting in the front row going, God damn it, why didn't they invite me? I'm Bonobos, I'm right here. 
Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, multi-platinum singer here. Multi-platinum singer. This is good. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, sort of the dawn of a hopeful new era in politics. Um, Doug according Herzog, to I believe the guy that was like running MTV at the time, has a story that Don Henley was closing the show that night. And um, why? The, <laughs> Look, it was I've the age about, of innocence. I've talked about it before. I don't want to talk about the fucking Eagles on this show. All right? So We're pl- not talking about the Eagles, bro. But Don Henley is has Eagles proximity. I don't want to fucking talk about it. Okay. I will not bring up the Eagles. All right. I promise. Okay, go. Um, but Don Henley was closing the show and uh, and at the last second these guys wanted to play a song and it was and they were like, Hey, can we go out and play uh we're gonna play one? And he was like, Yes, that'll close the show. It'll be a magical ending to the night. And he goes backstage to tell Don Henley. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don Henley's like, No, fuck that and he gets his stuff together to leave. <laughs> And uh, and so, what does he get together? Like his dirty laundry, and yeah, yeah he just gathers bag, it all up in a bag sack. of dirty laundry. <laughs> He's like, I was gonna pour this out at the end of my song. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of other Don Henley things he could pick up, but I don't know enough Don Don Henley songs <laughs> other than dirty laundry. <laughs> That would be fucking awesome if he had backup dancers who were all like carrying burlap sacks of dirty laundry, <laughs> and then they just poured them out in unison, <laughs> and everyone was just like, "I guess we're supposed to applaud." Okay, isn't it weird that Don Henley was the big closer for that show? That is weird, especially ninety three ish. It's yeah. a little strange. Here's another one. Before we take a break, one last thing I wanted to bring up uh, in our catches catch can uh, section of the show: uh, sharp eyed. Listener, sharp-eared listener sent this to me. Uh, this is a news piece in the late 70s about the movie Rocky Horror that Michael Stipe, oh, dressed yeah. as one of the characters in Rocky Horror, is interviewed for yeah. this news piece before he's famous at all. So I just want to play a little of the audio. you got to look it up it's on the YouTube. Picture show and, you know, instant love affair. This is an excellent movie. It really is. <laughs> Here he is. We're all quite normal, really. Uh, now, if you had to prove that, how would you go about doing that? I mean, in the spur of the moment. He's wearing a corset and a leather jacket over it Tomorrow and makeup. Tomorrow afternoon, dressed in our little KC pig shirts and uh, <laughs> our blue jeans. Uh, that'd be normal. That'd be normal. Yes. I guess for, yes. for the normal St. Louis yes. KC fan, yes, it would. When they enter the yeah. theater, you know they... A lot of people had to go through their Rocky Horror Picture Show phase. I did. Did you? I went once to the like, Just midnight once. show, yeah, and you were like, eh, "That's good enough for me." I wasn't. I, I, you weren't. Wasn't you, my favorite. Were you, you weren't sitting there with a giant boner the entire time. <laughs> well, yeah, but it wasn't my favorite. I used to sneak Did out of. Did you go a lot all the time? I was not allowed to. I I brought it up to my parents of like, "Hey, there's this midnight movie I want to go see." My friends go all the time. Yeah. There was honestly when I was 15, there was this girl that I was. Um, like super into that yeah. I th- that kept sort of I don't want to say she was stringing me along, but it, sometimes I felt like she was stringing me along a little bit. Um, like in the sense of she would like she knew how I felt. Yeah, she would give me enough to keep me like going. Maybe there's a chance, yeah. you know. I don't know. Um, so but anyway, so she she and my group of uh, two other friends. Um, my my best friend was in love with her best friend as well. Same similar situation. 
they we used they used to go all the time, and it was like, God, if I go to this thing that she likes, yeah. you know. And um, so I brought it up to my parents, and they were like, No way that that movie is a uh, sinful Satan. Satan movie. So I had to sneak out of the house. Um, my brother taught me how to uh, pop the screen out from my from my uh, window and then sneak out of the house and then like put the screen back up with just the corners uh-huh. sticking out. I was always paranoid that my parents, my dad would see the corner sticking out uh-huh. until the next day I would go back and like jam it into uh-huh. the window. But yeah, well, I, so I, I went several times with them and learned all the, to you know. To try and like. Learn all the stuff. Dr. Scott, suck my cock, all that kind of stuff. God, I don't remember. I re- the reason I didn't have a good time, it was a first date, a double date that I wasn't like Ooh. super into going on. And it was a extremely, a ter- terribly uncomfortable atmosphere to be For a first, first date. date. Oh, p- yeah. Awful. Who was, uh, did you have a second date? No, uh, I, I did not. Uh-huh. What are, you you got so disinterested in your story <laughs> that I started you, getting something you start out of just my backpack. getting something out of your backpack. I was I honestly I was shook by it because I I'm like obviously the story has so many more levels that you're oh there's great a, there's a lot more to it oh so you're getting out one of your bars that you're going to chew on. By the way, this is another <laughs> constant criticism of the show is if you like hearing people eating. During a oh, podcast. do we have any other reviews to read? This oh, week? I, do, I haven't checked them out, okay, but we right. read some uh, the other week. It was very fun. All right, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking exclusively about Munster and April Richardson will be here. Yes. This is exciting. We will be right back with more Aria Mahan after this. Hello. Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> Hello, Fresh. We want to talk about him. Um, this is a great company, Adam. Hello, Fresh. If you haven't heard about it, Adam, I'm going to give you like a little tutorial. Fill here. me in. Yep. Here, let me bullet point it for you. Let me elevator pitch this thing for you. Okay. okay. Here we go. Okay. We just pressed, Bing. I, I pressed the fourth floor. Okay. And I pressed roof. And erased my fourth floor button <laughs> yes. push. I have a negative. So now I have to button sit pushing here ability with you for seven minutes. <laughs> okay, here we go. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and even delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So all you have to do, Adam, is you just cook, then you eat, and then you enjoy. Actually, you probably would enjoy while you do the first two things. Yeah, wait, I have to cook it. <laughs> Okay. What is this bullshit? (laughs) Okay. Adam, you're probably not the target market for this. (laughs) A guy with his own personalized celebrity chef. Um, But for the rest of you out there, yeah, we all. This is a great service. We all love to cook. Or or do you mean that Naomi cooks all the food? I I can't tell where you're. You're either like a celeb a hole or you're a sexist guy who thinks that his wife should do all the cooking. Both. (laughs) Okay. Why did I I say either? I think we have have one of these. it's a different one, but it's terrific well, to they, get they, it all kind of portioned out for you. Yes, they have sent it to me. HelloFresh has sent it to me this week, and let me tell you. It's great. It's really, really good. Um, there's three plans you can choose from, classic, veggie, and family. And I always choose family because mm. I like to pretend that I have children. Mm. And I like to feed the little dollies that I mm. uh, arrange around the table. Mm. <laughs> um, each box delivered right to your door. 
uh, in recyclable insulated packaging, and it's made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated, trusted sources. Plus, with the simple recipes outlined in uh, pictured step-by-step instruction cards, you can feel confident you in a your popular cooking. Actor. How are you a popular actor? <laughs> there are even lots of one-pot recipes that require minimal cleanup. Um, I would imagine cleaning up one pot. And, and the silverware. Dump it all in one pot. <laughs> yeah, one pot and recipes. Just slurp it up with your gross mouth. <laughs> no, you got it. You pour it into bowls. Oh, bowls. And all that. Yeah, bowls. <laughs> so you can spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping each week, and get that time back doing more of what you love. What do you love to spend your time on, Adam? Cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. They've been sending it to me this week. It's really delicious. That's great. Uh, you know what I really enjoyed? The apricot chicken. Hmm. I don't believe you. <laughs> you don't believe me? No. Do you want me to rub my tummy? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, wow. You <laughs> did enjoy it. I really did. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash REM30 and enter the code REM30. That's HelloFresh.com REM30, offer code REM30, and the 30 stands for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Good deal. It is in. Incredible. You got to get it. HelloFresh.com slash REM30. Welcome back. Don't, 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 don't. Sit down, sit down, sit down. They should have named that song Don't. Daren't. What if they just came out with a song that was like, look, this is what it sounds like. We're just using onomatopoeia for our songs now. Just like, splort. Spoosh. Blanks. Right. We're, we're naming every song on our new album. Look, we're back. First of all, we've reformed. Okay, enough about that. Enough about that. Okay, I know you're excited. But this is what we're doing. This now. is what we're doing. We're naming every song after an onomatopoeic sound of what What's it sounds onomatopoeic? like. Onomatopoeic? It's like... Ping or bang sounds that oh. that words that are the sound they make. Oh, got it. So, but these are onomatopoeic uh, words of what it sounds like when all of us band members come. And so, what what is that sound? It's like splooch, splooge, flablush. And they're just like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is who we are this now, who we guys. Are now. <laughs> uh, welcome back. This is exciting. Another episode of. Uh, are you talking to Emery Me? And uh, this one's very special because um, – so our friend April Richardson, an avowed uh, REM superfan, and everyone knows she is. And the minute that we came out and said, hey, we're doing this podcast on uh, the band uh, R.E. Um, M? M, yeah. The minute we came out and said we were doing it on our uh, REM – uh, people were like, when's April going to be on the show? When's April going to and, and even assuming she would, like, oh, let me know when April's coming on the show. You know, like, yeah. I'm supposed to, like, give people messages what now? Are you, like her agent? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to be. Honestly, I'm starting Anyone a little boot- I'm starting a boutique agency, and I would like for her and you to be my first clients. Is that what this is all about? Honestly, dude, we've done, what, like, almost, like, 40 episodes of this thing, and I've just been waiting for you to bring it up. I'd love to represent you. Oh. you. You have something that is not being harvested right now. I did not bring it up. 
just FYI, you brought uh, it up. I mean, quite honestly, it seemed like you brought it up. I don't remember ever talking about it. Uh, That's but not look, being quite But enough honest. about me. Like, I would, lo- I would just love to, like, I feel like there's so many parts of your career that people aren't really maximizing right now, you, you know, know? Now that you mention that, I feel like... You're the only one that really sees that. I really do. Like, I would love to just have a show where you're just talking about REM. Well, you know, with a cool guy next to you, you know, like yeah. a, just a TV show, like a two hander, probably. You know, like, so no, no. turn this into a TV show. I don't, does it have to be this? Sure. I mean, like, maybe a cool guy, like, I, I could do it if there's no one else, you know, but uh, sounds to me like you just want to do it. I would really love to be in this show. So you would want to be. Uh, the the other hand of a two-hander with me on television represent me mm-hmm. so and take 10% of my look, salary you can, you can be whatever hand you want like which hand do you jerk off with well I don't use hands what do you use salad tongs <laughs> I forgot that you are a germaphobe I'm a tonger <laughs> on your donger <laughs> tonger on the donger <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I'll be whatever hand you Great. want. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so uh, this is very exciting to have her on. She's been very patient listening to us uh, blather on. Um, but anything else you want to bring up before we have her on? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's a great comedian. You can see her touring the country. Uh, tours a lot with Chris Hardwick. Am I right to say that? Yes. Uh, and her name is April Richardson. Hello, April. Hi. April. April, April, April. I'm so psyched to be here in general. I did sign the petition to get this created. Ah, that's right. I there really, was a there was a petition out there. I participated in that, and I liked that I was brought on after Tonger on my donger. <laughs> yep. Classic. Tonger on my donger. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't know there was a petition. Yeah, there on Twitter, people uh, get woke, kept tweeting bro. at me to, and I'm like, yes, of course. Any chance to hear? I just wanted this to be created. So legally, we had to create. Yeah, this. that's mm-hmm. how democracy yeah, works. Yeah, if enough yeah. people signed it, yeah. we had to do it. Oh, yeah, okay. that's, that's well, I'm glad I, look, we did. I don't want to be here. No, me neither. No, but we have. Have you guys to. even ever heard any REM songs? Uh, quite nope. honestly, yeah. As the that's... minute we start playing them on this show. I, it's a nice surprise. Take, I take off my room. headphones and I do. I make a thumbs down, like, and I go boo, boo, and they turn off my mic. And I've had to create this whole narrative of me knowing everything about yeah, REM being and being into them for years and sure. correcting people sure. anytime they say something. <laughs> yep. I love it. I want any excuse to talk about them, so I'm very excited me to be here. Me too. I love them so much. Hashtag me too. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yep. That's a movement. Um, April. You're, you're, uh, uh, we've been friends for a long time. We actually, uh, got to know each other through music more. I mean, you, you knew who I was. Yes. This is, uh, this is my impression of how we got to know each other. Yes. Uh, I would see you at certain shows. Yes. And you came up to me because you knew, I I forget where you knew me from. I don't know. You're very famous. (laughs) You're very famous. I don't know whether it was Mr. Show or, 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 or something like that, but you introduced yourself to me. And I, uh, you were not a comedian then. Am I no, right about that? Uh, yeah. And you were a fan. And I'm, was it at a Morrissey show? I want to say that's like Morrissey is the one that I really remember. But yeah. I, but I, I know it was the second time I saw you because I was like, oh, there's that person again. Right. And you, uh, I saw you at Morrissey at Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Uh, and you, uh, you, you saw me on the street, flagged me down. It was me and Kulap. You flagged me down. Mm-hmm. Adam is yawning the biggest oh, wow. fucking okay. yawn I have ever seen in Sorry. my life. 
You gave me your zine. Sure. Uh, as I did today. <laughs> as you gave me another I'm zine today. I'm almost 40 years old. That's how I approach people. Uh, you you I, gave me your zine. Having a zine is so, so cool. I'm mm-hmm. so happy to have this. Oh, thank you. So, uh, Just trying and, to get involved in the conversation <laughs> somehow. And I was very, uh, shut the fuck up. I was very uh, uh, weirded out by you, sure. uh, hand in hand with impressed by you, and <laughs> all of uh, this sounds accurate to every much story like, of meeting anyone. Much like my friend, I was t- I was talking to Robin von Swank the other day, great photographer um, uh, who uh, I've worked with for a long time, uh-huh. and. Uh, similar situation where I told her, I was like, remember the first time we met and I took her through it and I was like, did you realize I had to meet you in a public place the very first time that I ever met you because I thought you were a weird stalker? Oh, totally. So hand in hand with that, I was like, I don't know what her deal is and then we just became friends and I would see you at several shows and then you start doing comedy, which is great. Yeah, that's pretty much the story of how I met everybody in my life. (laughs) I just march up to people and I'm like, I think we should be friends. Yeah. (laughs) And then it works out. Which is great. I I, haven't been wrong that many times. I wish I could be more like you. No, you shouldn't because I honestly do because I think that's such. There are people in my life that I go. Someone asked me this of like who who out there is famous that you wish you were friends with, and I say, well, I met so many people on the show. There's a couple people out there that I was like, I actually thought we got along really good, but I didn't have you know I didn't want to bother them or I didn't want to be like, hey, what if we hung out or what? It sounds you know weird. Yeah. So you know, just I let the moment pass, and now I have zero friends. That's you have one. I have a work friend. You have one. Oh well, then two. <laughs> no, that's nice of you to say. That segues into a story. I can tell my first REM. I grew- By the way, this and this leads me to my first question. Okay. When did you first hear of REM? I first. I grew up in Georgia. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, which is only like forty-five minutes from. Yes. Born in Georgia. Born and raised. No, I was. I'm oh, telling you were. You. Yeah, it's conversational narcissism. I want to bring it back. Oh, to sure, me. sure, sure. <laughs> Where in Georgia were you born? Uh, Savannah. Oh, that's where all of my extended family lives. Did you live that's there? That's conversational a long time? narcissism. You brought it back to you. That's right. Let's have a conversational narcissism off. Did you spend any time there? Uh, six weeks or so. I oh, shot a movie oh. in Atlanta. Shut up. <laughs> Which one? One of those Marvel movies? Are you Ant Man too? Yep. You Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah. Damn, I got to see that now, boy. Yeah. I'm both. Damn, boy. Damn, boy. <laughs> Adam Scott is Adam Scott and Adam Scott. Um. So, so wait, you were born in wait, Georgia. Okay, sorry. The most of this is going to be me silently laughing to myself. Um, yeah, I was born in Georgia. Oh, thanks for the silence. I'm trying Laugh. to not be obnoxious and cackle <laughs> into the mic. Um, yeah, I when my mom married my stepdad, I briefly had two stepbrothers. How does that make you feel? It's not great, to be honest. <laughs> not psyched. Tell us about it. That's, no, that's boring. <laughs> it's boring? Or is it the Adam's real stuff? Yawn Sounds like it even might more. be sad. Is it the real stuff that we no, don't often get to on this show? It's real boring, but oh, okay. they, I was five and he had two, his, my stepbrothers were like, <laughs> two fists. Is that what you said? He just played speed bag with my face as a five-year-old. Um, Funny. He had two, <laughs> I had two stepbrothers very briefly and one of them went to the university of Georgia. Mm. Oh, and cool. so this was like totally where he could still see them play in real small venues. And that's when I, I think I first heard them when he would come home and like blast them in his room. Mm, which do you remember which album? I just know that the first the first cassette tape I bought with my own allowance was green. Mm. So I but I couldn't tell you like the very first song I heard, but I just remember hearing it. They REM was the first band that got me into real music and out of like new kids on the block. Okay, so what year are we talking about? I mean, 
it was when New I Kids, was, as I recall, was like 87, 88. Yeah, I was probably like 10. 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12 is like the time where I start getting into like You don't like to talk about music. your actual year, cor- your age corresponding to a year. Oh, Am I, I getting that? Yeah, so it was like 88, 89. Okay, okay so yeah. it was when Green came yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were born in what year? I was born in 79. Which makes you... I will be 39 in three weeks. You did say you were almost 40, so that's Yeah, okay. yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, so, okay, so you're in the you're in the 10-ish range. 10-ish yes. anyone? <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Thanks. I do it just to make you laugh, yeah. man. I know that stuff makes you laugh. So. It's great. I love jokes like that. <laughs> yep. So you're you're sort of 10-ish, and you, you like commercial top 40-ish music. Yeah, I mean, Debbie I'm... Debbie Gibson... Yes, but Tiffany. at that time, my parents are super Southern. So I had, I was into like the Oak Ridge boys. <laughs> Elvira, yes. I, I tell you, I watched a video of them singing Elvira the other day. It's creep. The one dude was like Father Time. Oh my it's God. So creepy. It's so normcore. They're just so, <laughs> they're out there. And then the only time that a, a bass singing guy it's ever the guy gets. guy looks like he owns a yacht. Right. And, but he gets applause when he starts singing. It's like one of the only songs, uh, like, four-part harmony songs in the world where the bass part is the star part. Right. Because when he starts going, people go fucking right. nuts. That's what that's from? That's yeah. what that's from. That's the Oak Ridge Boys. When people. I was a kid, that fucked me up because I saw them on like the CMT Awards or something and mm-hmm. you always assume the Father Time guy's the bass. Right. And then the guy who looks like a yacht captain steps forward and <laughs> yeah, he's the bass like, and you're like, yeah. what? And then I don't makes remember sense. this, but I do remember the Oombapa Mau Mau Mau, yeah. And then yeah. he goes real Mau Mau and people just go, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And what song is that? Elvira. Elvira, my heart's on, on fire. fire. Let's do it in three, three part harmony, okay? Oh, I'm right oh. here. My heart, you're up here. My, my heart, heart, you're up here. My heart. All right. How about I Ready? take the low? One, two. Okay, you take the low. Ready? One, two, three. My, my heart. heart. Great. Perfect. We got it. Great. Let's Did move we, on. Are Let's we move recording on. this? Yeah, we're recording. We're Great. doing it in steps. Let's move on. <laughs> So as a kid, I had like 45s of just whatever the country song was my parents were blasting that I could tolerate the most. Yeah. And, John and, Denver? and also No, that, that's too early. No, it would have been like Oak Ridge Boys, Randy Travis, mm. um, Tanya Tucker, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then and then yeah, whatever was on like top 40, like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and stuff. And then so when I got green. That was my first like, oh, this is this is the real shit. And you got yeah. it because your brother listened to it so much that you thought it was cool, or why? Why did yeah. you actually pick it up? I think it was that. Also, honestly, it it was that coupled with the fact that Stan was the theme to Get a Life. Oh, yeah. so you're, like, you're interested in comedy at the time? Yes, like okay. already, just you know, TV was my babysitter kind so of. So here's an example. We talked about this in the Green episode of Stan turning off a lot of listeners. Yeah, yeah, but I'm a little kid, so but I'm you're, like, I love this right, dumb song. Right, right, yeah. right. It's yeah. a bubblegummy type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great. Interesting. And get a lot. For me, it was Chris Elliott and R.E.M. coming together. Yes. was Coming together. Totally. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Making coming together. Blarf or whatever that German sounding word was. Blarf? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, and I, because keep in mind, like, I did not, my parents. My parents were not cool parents, so I never heard like the Beatles or whatever. So this was like the first truly. My mom, my mom and dad don't care about any of that kind of stuff. So this is the first like rock band I heard. Mm -hmm. Sergeant Um, Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, probably one of the best albums with an apostrophe in it that I can think of. Mm. Yeah. 
I love I love albums with apostrophes in them, and I can I know, but that's why Life's Rich Pageant doesn't have one because, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I guess I make you a joke that every single person in the fucking world tweeted us that we forgot Sergeant Pepper's. Lo- anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize people were tweeting that. <laughs> so, they yeah. were really bummed that we did. I not was trying it. to help you with your joke, but instead, I think I had the wrong idea of what you're. Lame joke was. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> okay, so they, um, you didn't know the so Beatles. Yeah, they were you like just my gateway country, right. to real music. And so what did you think of that album? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, it's hard to, as it, I mean, I was still a child, but it was. When do you think you turn into an adult? Is it 16? <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting, 17? I mean, the age of consent well, is so different in various states. It's just, hard and to. And various cultures. <laughs> it's hard to go back and be like. Describing how it made me feel at 11, but it, it was, it was. Your brain isn't fully formed at that point. You're like a sponge. <laughs> you're just soaking it in. Yeah. And it, I just knew, I was like, oh, I'm into music now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. I want to be, I want to get more into music now. Yes. If this is. I had a very similar experience with Hatful of Hollow. Uh, oh, totally. Where I was really into Huey Lewis in the News, which is great music. St- yeah, I'm still very into them. But By yes. the way, playing Outside Lands. Are you serious? Yes, you listen to the, the news. news. Yeah, oh, I'll yeah, be yeah. There. I'll be there. Um, so, but but I I heard Hatful of Hollow. And I was like, oh, I like real music yes. now. Yes, hundred percent. Same with me with Document and Green. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He, and it was the same. It was like Huey Lewis in the news and Michael Jackson and stuff. Right. Which great artists. Yeah. I, I sold their records when I was like, I like real music. And right. Then and then you bought them, them all back, back because totally. they're, they're great. Totally. Oh, I was absolutely obsessed with sports and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I kind of still, I couldn't and also let go music. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't let go. I just met Huey Lewis like a couple months ago and like super freaked out. Really? How did oh, you? How did like you take I hugged it? him like seven times, uh-huh. and he's like, "Okay." Like he was <laughs> like not. It didn't work like enough. it did with you. He wasn't <laughs> like, "Yeah, you're a creep, but we'll be friends." Like, well, no. you have you have such a great uh, uh, sort of way of 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 approaching artists that you like and becoming friends with them. I mean, you just became <laughs> yeah, friends with Sparks. Of, yeah, that was wild. Um, because they they you wrote they about them on midnight. Twitter. They watched at midnight yeah. and they said like come to our show and she yeah. went backstage and met them. That's yeah, cool. that was insane. And yeah. so and so and and I want to get to this, you also met the band uh our uh REM. R- R- mm-hmm. You met these guys. You sent me some really funny photos. Do you want to talk about that? Like how do you go from being a a, a, a you know, a little girl who wants to be a Child big girl, fan. you mm-hmm. know, just you're like, "Oh gosh, you know, I'm I look at I look at beautiful women out there, you know, the Kathleen Turners of the world. Yes. And I'm like, I want to get there, but I'm still, I know I'm still young. And, right. you know, I like, I'm, I'm experimenting <laughs> with makeup and, you know, I don't know if I put too much on, it's too heavy. It doesn't look right because I'm a child. Like, right. you know, you're in that mindset. Sure. How do you get from there to <laughs> being an adult who, who then, then meets the, the band members of Aria? Um, well, I And how long is it after the initial green purchase at 10 years old? Yeah. Um I was immediately well because I learned that they were from where I was from. That the most mind-blowing thing was that they were from Georgia. Yeah. To me because the more I got into, you know, real music now, it w- you know, it was everyone was from New York or England, yeah. like these exotic places. So when it was like, oh, these are dudes from you know, right down the street. Down the street yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, what? They're, but they're so cool. Yeah. I don't understand how they grew up in the same place. And so that was, 
they were a gateway into like because of them I found out who the B-52s were and yeah. who like Pylon was and I'm like an obsessive if I like something, I have to find out everything about it. I have to find out all the side projects, all the people everyone did. Everyone they ever liked. Yes. Everyone they were influenced they, by. Yeah, what book they read that made you them write this the song. got the Indigo Girls album because totally, he sang on it. Totally. We like, never talked about that either. No, we didn't. I found out so many things, like not just loving R.E.M., but I, you know, hearing Strange, I found out who Wire was. Yeah. I went and bought Pink mm-hmm. Flag and then like hearing them cover stuff on Dead Letter Office is the first time I heard of Velvet Underground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, pre-internet, like that's how you had to find out totally. about things. So mm-hmm. they, I loved pre-internet. Them. You had to listen to a band sing about something. Right. Yeah. Before, <laughs> right. You know, before Wikipedia right. was like, uh, you know what? I, I don't know what mixing mitosis is. Like, right. you, you, you know, you'd have to hear Radiohead sing about it and go, yeah, I think I got a handle on this. Totally. If you wanted to send an email, you would have to go to a nearby university or someone that had a, a giant computer that took up an entire room mm-hmm. and someone that knew what email was. And they would have to contact a band who mm-hmm. then would have to sing a sing song about, about email. an email right. that you wanted to send. But no one was singing about email back then. Yeah, they didn't even know what it was. Email the letter? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Um, so Is that a play I, on Ebo the letter? Yeah, I was trying. Okay. It's good. I was good. trying to keep up with it's, you It's guys. good now. Better I like than it. what okay. we were yeah, doing. Honestly, <laughs> you're the star of this episode. <laughs> um, Officially. So I got so I got into them, then I got just super obsessed with music, discovered the Smiths, just mm-hmm. became- You're a Smith super fan. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that just became or, yeah. all I did in high school was, then I started making zines. And I got and I had pen pals that would trade mixtapes. And so, yeah, that's my whole life. Everything I did, I almost didn't graduate high school because all I did was write zines and read them and never did homework and mm-hmm. followed bands around. That's awesome. So when they finally – I was too young to see the Green Tour. So when they finally toured for Monster, I went yeah, to this many shows. Yeah, this is a shows. good – this is yeah. now – Six years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60, 90, oh, yeah. Oh, so you're a full-fledged teenager by now. Yes. Yeah. And I can drive. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. driving to a uh, Good pun they, on the R.E.M. song hey! Drive, by the way. Yeah. I got to give it up. Very good. <laughs> thank you, thank so you. So how many times did you see the Monster Tour? The Monster Tour, I want to say it was like six or seven. Uh-huh. They wow. played three in Atlanta, and then there was like whatever was nearby. I want to say it was like Birmingham or whatever the southern, southeastern ones I went to. So, and I remember the three in Atlanta were the final shows of the tour. Wow. And they were amazing. And then the last, the last night, no one wanted to, it was at the Omni. I think it was when it was still called the Omni and not Phillips Arena or whatever it's called now. They finished the green tour at the Omni too. Yeah. I think that was always like the homecoming thing. And then the last night of the three monster shows, they turned on, they played everything. They played the encore and like no one wanted to leave and they just turned on all the lights and they were just kind of standing there like no one's leaving and they just started playing Wild Thing. Whoa. They just covered Wild Thing while everybody had the lights on. And we're standing there like, yeah, the we don't want to leave. Yeah. The, yeah. the theme to Major League? Yes. <laughs> the very same. But during Sheen's, that tour. Uh, theme song. <laughs> that Wild was, Sheen. That would have been better. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. When I was in high school and making zines, I tried. It's funny that you talked about us meeting that way because I guess I've been that way since birth because <laughs> I'm like, I want to be friends with these guys. <laughs> I don't see why that can't happen. And so. And I was in the – as soon as I knew that they had a fan club, I was in it as well. It was right. $10 a year. 
Mm-hmm. Which the is best. Like pretty, the pretty best. reasonable. You get a single say. at You Christmas. get seven inches. You get calendars. I still it's have all of that shit. Me too. I saved yeah, all of it. Totally. No, I mean, compared to like the 85 that Andy Daly had to pay for U2s, and all he gets is Wait the opportunity what? to buy yeah, tickets. Yeah, the U2 fan club is expensive. <laughs> Did you? It <laughs> was Andy $85? Daly. Yeah. Andy Daly was out 85 bucks. We're going to tr- try to do something. Yeah. 85 bucks per year? Per, per annum. Yeah. <laughs> That is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Just so ten you, bucks a year for the yes. REM fans. So, so so you're in the REM club. PO box eight zero three two. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So well, when when do you start crafting your your scam and scheming your sort of grift? To okay. The I would write to them. Wait. Did you were, did you hear about that Greenpeace show for Automatic? Or, like since yeah, you're I in had Atlanta? the bootleg. Of, well, there was a record store right next to the forty watt called Low Yo. Yo, or something. If any REM book, they credit this guy named Todd Ploharski, uh-huh. who's like an REM historian, and he used to run that record store. So when I went to the C shows at the Forty Watt, I would go next door and be like, "Hi, tell me everything." Oh, like cool. sit at his feet, like grandpa style, like yeah, tell yeah, me about yeah. the good old days of REM. <laughs> and he also had like every boot like ever. Hmm. So, um, yeah, like a hundred percent of my money went to all of this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. When I started making my zine, I try, when I did the one in high school, it was more music. It would be like show reviews and stuff. Yeah. And obviously it's a shitty photocopied teenage girl made it. But I try to act like – I'm like, I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah. I need to have press passes. <laughs> That's cool. And so I would write and I eventually started calling. The lady that ran the fan club was named Michelle, I want to say. And they would answer, right? Yeah. They would, they, yeah. It got to a point. You, I used you to call, call all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I called so much and tried yeah. so many scams to be like, I need a press pass. I need a photo pass, whatever. There was one time I called and Michelle was like, April, we know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop calling us. Uh-huh. And so I – I tried to do that for the monster tour to get like really good seats or to get a press pass or whatever. But then for my 15th birthday, I had yet, I hadn't been to Athens yet. And so my mom was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, I can't drive yet. So will you drive me to Athens so I can do like the pilgrimage? Mm, Another pun. Nice. Um, So I did. My mom drove me and two friends to Athens. Um, we went to Weaver D's to uh, eat. Like, we had the great. list of places, like, places the church that they, they played their oh, first yeah, show, yeah. Weaver D's, like, 40 watt, whatever. So we go there to eat. The record store? The, yeah, Wuck Street. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Wuck Street, by the by the way, is the record store Peter Buck, Peter Buck worked, worked at. at after he was famous? No, no, it was... <laughs> no, he would, like, I was re- in reading the book, they were like, no, they had albums out, and he would... He would come by and go, hey, I want to work here for th- uh, three months. Oh, really? And, well, peop- and people would come just wanting to talk to him about R.E.M. Yeah. <laughs> to the funny. point where he's like, hey, man, I just want to help you with, like, finding a record. <laughs> I still go there whenever I go to Athens, and it's kind of infuriating because they have old flyers on the walls. And there was a flyer for when R.E.M. and XTC played the 40 Watt for $5. Mm, wow. And you, I just get I love retroactively those shows that are $5. Yes. But yes. it's also where he was working before yeah. – he was famous where yeah. Michael Stipe came in and that's where they, where met. they met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that record store is still there. It's great. Yeah. Great record yeah, store. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, how did you So I go the first time we go, we go to Weaver D's, we're eating. I didn't realize the guy waiting on us was Weaver himself. Uh-huh. Wow. So again, I'm 15. I'm like, hey, where do they live? And he's like, oh, uh, you just take a le-, like fully tells us. <laughs> Weaver, you're giving yeah. it up. I, I don't mean to dime you out. I shouldn't say any of this on a podcast because I should be retroactively arrested because I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to go to their houses. I would love to oh, see a, 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 the Post style movie about this journalism. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, I, so we fully go. We go to Mike Mills' house first. 
Me and my mom knock on his door. Again, oh, how is no one do this. this. No one do this no ever. Should do, I should have been arrested. Don't do it to Adam and I. This is crazy. I wonder don't how do often it. this used to happen to them. Well, that's the funny thing is, is he was very nice. I have a picture. Mm-hmm. He of answered the door. Answered the door. Came and talked are, to us. Are you comfortable sharing the picture sure. on uh, on the website and everything? Can people look at? Oh, it? Oh, sure. Yeah. So Mike Mills answered the door. Answered and talked the door. To you guys. That is so. Was nice. super nice about it. And then, mm-hmm. like twenty years later, um, I was. He played a show with Billy. He did this whole tour with Billy Bragg, who I knew at that point. So I was like backstage or whatever. And one day I went, "Hey, I know this is super weird. I want to apologize for when I was 15 and I knocked on like now yeah. I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I know how insane and I should have never done that." And yeah. mm-hmm. he st- he interrupted me and was like, "You have no idea how much that happened." He was like, "It's not a big deal at all. That used to happen all the time." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I I genuinely don't at care. At a certain point if you're living in your hometown and people know your address and everyone's cool with it, you got to expect it and maybe yeah. be cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I obviously it's, no one should ever do that. I should have never done. Well, it. Well, when you're at a level of like the friends, you know, uh, you got Roos and and Chicky Chan and yeah. uh, who's and the Sham 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 Sham. You know, like they they need they need security at all sure. their uh, all their houses. Oh, uh, look but how psyched you are! I was Adam's looking at the picture. Out. Yeah, that's so. I've seen sweet. it. I don't need to see it again. But yeah, so that's and then awesome. I went and I um. But also, if it's I like have a photographic 14, memory, so if I see a picture, like you I'm can just locked. access I, it. I access it and yeah, in if, my mind palace. If it's a 14, 15 year old girl and her mom, it's not like you're going to be a dick to sure. that. You know, sure, yeah. But what, what's your mom's point of view? This is what's she, interesting to me. She had a great sense of humor about it. My mom doesn't care. She, I think, didn't realize because again, this is mom, where they're the biggest band in the world, and yeah. I don't think my mom knew that. She, I think, thought like she thought they were just oh, like a normal, like a local yeah, band. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. This is, like, these are a bunch of Oak Ridge boys, yes, contemporaries. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that she knew. I just remember her knocking on the door and being like, look, dude, it's my kid's birthday. This is what I, like, she was sort of like, I don't know who you are, but she's real psyched about it. Uh And he just was laughing like, okay. That's so funny. That's so nice. Yeah, uh, she had a great sense of humor about it. On your mom's end, like my mom would have been like, don't bother the person, you know, like regardless of the level of fame, embarrassed to be there. And then on his end, I mean, just how nice is that? I mean, yeah, Yeah, he was incredibly nice. I mean, I've I've hung out with Adam at like U2 shows and stuff like that. And he's a fucking asshole to people who sure. like, go, hey, can I get a picture of yeah, you? And he's yeah, all, like, yeah, yeah. shuts him down. He like breaks it's, their cameras and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Real dickhead. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, like they'll have just like, he'll break any electronics that are on them. Even if they're not asking me for a photo. Yeah. Right. Because he's just <laughs> they super paranoid wrong. about that. Right. Um, did you find any other houses of uh, the uh, band members? Yeah, we did after that go knock on Michael Stipe's door and yeah. he was not home. And this is, I'm the Stipe man. This is so psychotic. I can't believe I'm about to say it on a uh, permanent record. But his house, he had a thing where you, the, a call box type of thing where hmm. you press it and it like rings the doorbell. But uh-huh. then if he it's didn't one answer, deterrent level. Yeah, but they okay. both li- they live in the most normal. Right. There's like zero fence around it or yeah. anything like that. Like in my weird defense, I wasn't. It's a normal street where you can just walk up to the door. Yeah. Right. I didn't do any like tunneling or dancing through security lasers yeah. or anything. <laughs> at least. But his <laughs> call Catherine box. Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah, style. Yeah. At least I didn't do that. Inching your butt under <laughs> a laser. <laughs> yeah. But you press the thing 
And if somebody doesn't answer, like a the, his um, answering machine, machine came yeah, on. Yeah. So it was connected and to his phone. I yeah. left a message. Aww. Like I was like, hi. Like acted like I was his friend. I was like, what's up? It's April. I came by oh, to hang out, up? but it's you weren't April. here. Like, oh, God. Like fully acted like it wasn't insane what I was doing. Oh, I wonder if yeah. he ever kept any of those. Like it would be so funny to hear a collection of all the crazy Oh, I'm, yeah. Well, it was messages. definitely a known thing. And I think still is. I think they still have those houses. But mm-hmm. then- so that was when I was 15 and I couldn't drive. But then when I could drive, tons of bands, other bands that I like played at the 40 watt. So I would go all the time. Right. So the first time I met Michael Stipe, I think I was 20 or 21. It was at a Bright Eyes show at mm. the 40 watt. Mm-hmm. And he was at the bar and my friend Millie was there and she re- she went to get a drink and he was right next to her and she ran back like, dude, you are not ready. Like your mm-hmm. dude's here. You're not yeah. ready. You're not you ready for what's about to happen. For weeks. <laughs> and I did. I went up to talk to him and I was like trying not to cry. Yeah. Mm. And I, he was super nice to me. He gave me a hug, and he was just was like, "It's nice to meet you." Like having, you know, in a super deep, intense way. Did you ask like, for seven nice hugs? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, he was the one person where I, I like wept the whole drive home. Yeah, wow. Because I just, he's my number one dude. Yeah. Above Morrissey, above he was like the first. Mm-hmm. My no, first I felt that crush. way with Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he was me on too. Bang Bang, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they're just the one band that's been a constant in my life since I was a child. And there was, again, that hometown, like the hometown pride of being like their Georgia dudes. Mm-hmm. And I think they were a great, I don't, it's hard to explain because in some cases I do like artifice and I do like a lot of posturing and I think it fits with some things. But the thing with them is they were so cool, but like not trying at all. Right. Yeah. Other than that uh, Elvis suit that he wore in the monster period. Oh, Mike and Mills. I wanted to say when Mike you Mills yeah, Elvis the nudie suit. suits. When you uh, I also have the VHS tape uh, still of when they played that on the Video Music Awards and Michael Stipe painted his eyebrows blue because I did oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that ah, the next did day at school. Yeah, yeah, good shit. Um yeah, and that was a normal thing for a girl to do and I super didn't get made fun of. And then for Monster, I remember I still have the VHS tape of when they were on Saturday Night Live because they got to play three songs. Yeah. yeah. And that songs. was like a huge the, yeah. deal. And they very played. few bands get to do that. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Uh I don't sleep. I dream and, and happy bang birthday. and blame. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they played happy birthday. They three played times. huge royalties for that. Yeah. Um, what weird selections, by the way. Now, like looking at their whole catalog. Right. What's frequency, Kenneth? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't sleep. I, I don't dream? sleep. I dream because I remember being a bit scandalized because it was the first. I was like, I think I had only just realized, found out what giving head was. Right. Because I was like what? a teenager. Can I ask you a question? What is it? <laughs> Yeah, Scott. See, Scott still doesn't. Oh, how do, how do you, how do I didn't. You, how do you give head? I know it's a, when, when a man how loves do you a man. Give very much. head. <laughs> I, I hear about it all the time. And I think it sounds so cool. I, I want to give do someone it. my head. Um, but like from that album, I would have had. Or I mean, we're about to talk we're about, about to it. Do, we're, we're, yes. I took your name or Circus yes. Envy or well, something. Well, you should have. Yeah. I know, I should have said something. <laughs> um, look, we need to take a break. This is great. Uh, April, you've proven your bona fides, uh, but uh, we do need to take a break. When okay. we come back, we're going to uh, talk about Monster. You ready to do I'm this? I'm so ready. Um, all right, we're going to be right back with more Are You Talking? R.E.M. Remy. Adam's going to chew on a little something something, and uh, I'm not sure why this is in play. Oh, here we go. And we'll see you next uh, next time. No, we'll see you after... This break. In like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, 
Um, hey, Adam. Yeah. There's a brand new podcast I want to talk to you about. Thank God. Yep. We need the world needs more of them. John Levenstein's retirement party out now on Stitcher Premium. You know John, right? I do. I yeah. like John a Great lot. Great guy. Hosted by writer, actor, and producer John Levenstein, who's written for some hilarious shows that you've probably seen. Have you ever seen Arrested Development? No. Okay. What else? Silicon Valley? Never heard of it. Oh, boy. Uh, this is going to be rough then. Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't know two of the best comedies of the past 150 years of television, then mm. I don't know what to tell you. I love those shows. I was just kidding. <laughs> Funny joke! Yep. In celebration of John's long career in show business, he will share personal stories from the writer's room, offer advice, rehash old decisions, settle feuds, and tell friends that he loves them. John and his co-host, actress and writer, Mary Kobayashi, talk with people from all different facets of the entertainment industry, like Karen Kilgariff, who you know from My Favorite oh, Murder, yeah. uh, Nick Kroll, who you know from Friendship and Kroll Show, uh, Jill Soloway from Transparent, and David Harbour from Stranger Things and I the upcoming David. Hellboy. Yeah. Um, listen to John Levenstein's Retirement Party out now on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash Levenstein and use promo code REM for a free month of listening. Sidewinder sleeps tonight from the previous record, Automatic for the Poop Hole. Um, we're here. We're going to be talking about. <laughs> Did you just say Automatic for the Poop Hole? <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get to it. By the way, April, uh, you were the person. When we were up in Portland, we talked about this in a previous episode, mm -hmm. watching uh, the three members of REM uh, reunite and sing uh, with various singers. Uh, I was like, oh, I should take pictures of this and send it to yeah. April. I, I don't know why I hadn't thought about I it. I don't know why I hadn't like asked if you wanted to come or whatever, but I was like, oh, I should send this to April. And you were freaking out. I was Our text chain out. was like, what are you doing? Where are you? Can I, I'm, I'm at the improv, but I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah, because I was doing a show. I was about to be like, I'm just going to skip out on the stage time and go immediately wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was great. It was great. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, and I gotta say, this is scary. Monster. I know it's a scary uh, title for scary. an album. Scary. It's frightening to me. Um, I almost didn't want to do this episode, quite frankly, um, because you you were so scared. I'm so fucking scared of this, but here it is. Okay, so it's monster. Um, Sorry, Scott. <sighs> album comes out September 27, 1994. Uh, a scant two years after their previous record, Automatic for the People, which was at this point, they were putting out records every single year, but it's a yeah. pretty pretty quick turnaround because they didn't tour. Out of Time and uh, Automatic for the People were one-two punch, one right after the other, mm -hmm. and they were huge. Huge. But also both pretty mellow acoustic-based Acoustic albums. So what are they going to do? Let, let me ask you both. What were you doing in September of 1994? What were you up to? I was April. in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. I was in 10th grade. So what What so courses were you taking? I'm in my bedroom <laughs> listening to REM all the time and never t doing any coursework. Right. So That's what I'm doing. So excited for Monster coming out. So excited. And especially because I knew they were going to tour. So I was like, oh my God, finally I'm going to yeah. be able to yes. see these dudes. And you, you loved Automatic for the People. Loved it. 
And yeah. so you're you're excited for Monster. Adam, what are you doing? You don't have cable. I don't have cable. I'm living uh, in the middle of scorching hot Hollywood without air conditioning. <laughs> where? What? Do, can do, are I you? I live across the where? street from uh, Gelson's on Franklin. Directly oh, really? across okay. the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah. movie Swingers. In the Scientology Celebrity Center. Well, the the building just a adjacent little, to a little that. Uh, it's east gray of that, right? apartment building in the movie Swingers. You can see a bed sheet in my window as my was my um you had a bed my, sheet in your window for your curtains and yes. they actually film it and well, it's in the an movie establishing swingers? shot of the oh, building you can see my green oh, bed sheet my in my God. window was that was floor. that in honor of the album green yes <laughs> uh so uh the the new album coming out was a huge deal for me and for my group of friends we were just waiting for it to come out and uh, tried everything we could to get an advanced copy of it. Called Warner Brothers, totally. pretended yes. we were press people. We got to uh, get the I know a well. copy of this, and eventually we did get a, an advanced cassette of Monster. How like, in it, How much? How? Two how? weeks before it came two out. Two weeks by saying that you were like a, a music industry person. No, I think it ended up being my friend Steve Hall had a friend of a friend that worked at Warner Brothers or something. Some and someone was able to get a critic's cassette that right. they would pass out. Did you, did you guys, to media. when you would be in a, like a used record store and you would be, you, I would always be looking through the, you know, no matter if I had all their records or whatever, I would look at my favorite bands and go like, is there anything new that. here? Yeah. yeah. And if you ever saw like, the the great gold stamp on something promotional copy yes. not for sale and yeah. it was like two weeks early like oh, man. oh the new record it yeah. would be oh, so right. exciting and there was a point where on eBay people would get them and sell them mm-hmm. and I would buy like the new Depeche Mode two weeks early totally yes. you Absolutely. know and just have it have it early it's so actually exciting. before it came out they were recording at Ocean Way which used to be down on Sunset I don't yeah. know if it's still there. And my friends and I, my friend Steve worked at a coffee shop on Sunset. So we would, we did this a few times. We snuck into the Spirit Awards like this once. We just put on the green aprons from the coffee shop, made a bunch of coffees, <laughs> put them in the drink holders, and would just show up places and say, we're here to deliver the coffee. Oh, so good. And we just walked right in the Spirit Awards, <sighs> down the red carpet, and went and sat up in the balcony did and you ever watched th- the Spirit Awards once when we were like... 20 years old. Did you ever think like, wow, in a few years, I'm going to be nominated for a Spirit Award? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Were you nominated for a Spirit Award? I was. Which one? Uh, the the Best Actor Award. <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> that's right. For what movie? Vicious Kind. I didn't even see that. I got to check it out. Um, that's, would you say I that's s- your best acting? I, I uh, no. Um, <laughs> did you guys cover, by the way, in the in the green episode, forgive me if you did, but did it blow your mind too when you got it and that you tilted it a certain way and the R's became fours? I don't know, but yes, it did. It, it blew my mind. me. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. The cover of green, the R for green and REM, if you hold it in the light a certain way, you see a translucent four yeah. over the R. That's why on the track list on the on this other side where track four is track R. Right. Yeah. Right. And Very I remember cool. when we were shooting the d- drive video, I was an extra in the drive video. That's crazy. And he was up on a ladder with a bullhorn just answering questions when they were setting up different shots. And someone said, what does the R and the four mean on green? What does that mean? And he goes... 
It means fuck you. Oh, <laughs> I read later that it meant that like when he was typing the lyrics, like the four, like the four and the R keys were broken on his typewriter oh, or something. Right, and right, right, right. Yeah. Or they're right but, next to each other too. But like also could mean fuck you. I don't yeah. right. know. No, I mean I think he, he was, was just yeah, shutting yeah, yeah. jokes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I that that was the coolest thing to yeah, discover. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, was. Uh, but yes, wait, you have we more to brought coffees to Ocean Way while they were recording. And there is a door open on the side of the studio, and I remember standing there with coffee, peeking in, and I could see them at a mixing board kind of standing around. And you couldn't totally see anyone, but I could tell, like, it was Mike Mills and then Scott Litt, uh, and they were playing uh, backing tracks from what ended up being What's the Frequency Canon? Because oh. I remember hearing the tremolo guitar, and I was like, what is this music? Because it didn't sound anything like right. what they've – been doing lately sounded like fast and yeah harder. and you were and like this is not good <laughs> i'm no longer a fan <laughs> no not me um and microwave came out and he was super nice to us he's like oh coffee i don't think we ordered this but thanks <laughs> uh, and, but we couldn't really get it that is such a pro uh, move though yeah, i love good. that wow uh, I was in Azusa, California. Uh, I had moved back from Milwaukee. I think we talked about it on one of our previous episodes. So you were still in school? No. I, w- I graduated. Uh, I had moved out to Milwaukee to live with a girlfriend who I was there on Halloween. And November 1st, she said, I'm not in love with you anymore. Please leave. That's fine. <laughs> and, uh, so, I'm, so at the end of 93, I moved. I was back by Christmas. Um, and so then I worked for six months at the Olive Garden in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Where such good memories of learning Kurt Cobain died there, and uh, O.J. Simpson driving his uh, his uh, Jeep Man. or whatever it was right by Crazy it, um, and me listening to the ch- the chase, the Bronco chase in the uh, walk in refrigerator because they were piping in the the uh, radio coverage wow. of it. Uh, but then after six months, and I was taking the bus. I didn't have a car, similar to you. I didn't, so I had to take the bus there. I had to yeah. take three buses to get to work, and then. Weirdly, I won a bunch of money in Vegas and bought a car. Really? <laughs> playing what? blackjack. And I used to be good at blackjack. And so I would like sometimes come back with like, you know, 2,500 bucks or something. Whoa. So uh, I bought a car and then I, I, my friend said to me like, hey, if you're looking to move out of your parents, because I was living with my parents, if you're looking to move – uh, my buddy has a condo in Azusa that's like super cheap and it's good. And Azusa is a little far away, but, um, you know, it's super cheap. So I'm like, all right, buddy, let's be roommates. So, and Azusa, for those of you listening, who don't know where it is. It's very east of yeah. Hollywood. It's like 35 minutes. It oh, was a wow, 35 okay. minute drive. So right. I got a job at, uh, uh, Chin Chin in North Hollywood and I would drive 35 minutes to and from. Jesus. And let me tell you, the kitchen, the sink didn't work and the dishwasher didn't work. Ugh. So I had to eat out every meal. Which is expensive. Which is expensive. So every meal I'm going, I'm getting a pizza or I'm getting, you know, Carl's yeah. Jr. or something like that. And it's, I found out later it's not even cheap. Like once I started pricing rent out, oh, yeah. right. it was like 250 for my room, you know, at right. the time, you know, and then I ended up just moving into the valley for, you know, 310, you know what I mean? So your friend was providing you with nothing. Pretty much, although yeah. he's a good guy, but uh, it was and, – and Sounds like a scammer to me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm out there in the middle of Azusa, and I have very vivid memories of – I would watch MTV all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched uh, – the third season of The Real World was out, uh-huh. and that's how I got into the real – very into The Real World. And I just watched 
MTV all day, every day, MTV news, you know, at the 50 was it. Yeah. The 55 minute mark every single hour or whatever. And they played, uh, what's the frequency Kenneth a lot. Yeah. And so I had not listened to automatic for the people, uh, had given up on REM and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of a good song. Yeah. And uh, did not like the Elvis outfits. That was my main takeaway. I was like, what's, <laughs> Mike Mills. what's going on with this fucking Elvis outfit? I just imagine like. It was Graham Parsons Those outfits. are nudie suits. Yeah. I just imagine like band meeting guys. Look at I'm what I'm wearing. I'm I made three them. of these. Me too. I'm it's not them. Elvis. It's Graham Parsons I know. Uh, nudie suits. I know. But wait, where did? when did you check out? Like you didn't like Automatic for the People? No, I didn't he, buy it. She oh, okay. checked out like I checked out document. after after Green. Oh, okay. I checked out after Green. I, okay. I did not buy another REM album. Okay, so until, I, until this podcast. Okay, <laughs> until yesterday so I'm hearing when these, I bought Monster. I'm hearing these for the first time. So yeah. uh, I have I I have listened to Monster a good dozen times. Yeah. since our last cool, episode. Cool. So I'm I'm ready to talk about. It. So you Let's guys you guys ready to talk yeah. about it? Yeah. All right. This is the first track off of Monster. This is the aforementioned. What is that frequency, Kenneth? First single. Frequency, Kenneth. Yeah. This is also when Michael Stipe started wearing star T-shirts exclusively. Yes, exclusively. And shaved his head. Yes, this yes. was the beginning of him shaving his head. And then, which, also- by the way, do I, I? You know what else we didn't talk about for automatic for the people is the whole kind of like rumor Michael Stipe has AIDS, which yeah. is out there, which is like, yeah. which was a terrible thing. He he because they weren't touring. And because he shaved his head, because well, he hadn't shaved his head until Monster, right? But he was like losing his, yeah, he was, he was like just balding, closely was cropped, balding. Yeah. yeah. And he was very skinny; he still is very skinny. Yeah. yeah. The rumor got out there of oh, Michael Stipe is dying. Also, the other reason was Freddie Mercury had just died of AIDS. Yeah. And, and automatic for the people was about death. About death. Yes. So it all combined. It, and and I read that it was one journalist in in England who kind of like wrote an article saying like, well, maybe this is the case or something like that. And the rumor just kind of picked yeah. up steam. And I thought that he had a great kind of response to it because uh, he didn't come out and go like, no, I don't have AIDS. I'm, you know, yeah. he just was like. My sexuality is my business. Yeah. Uh, there's that clip was, in the MTV uh, documentary about like whether I suck dick or whether yeah. I yes. suck pussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Monster's kind of the first time he even started talking about any of the uh, about being gay and stuff. Like mm-hmm. he never really said anything, and then finally right. in Monster, he's like, "Yeah, I'm queer. What's up?" Yeah. 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 So and in 1994, that was a big deal. Totally. That was before people were really doing that. What's yeah. weird though is, is I remember you. 
because of the Freddie Mercury thing, he held it so close to the vest until like the day before he died. Uh, you thought it might have been a bigger deal, but at the same time, maybe because it was music or something, I yeah. think everyone just kind of went like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember any backlash. It was really weird that he was so closeted. And and I think Michael Stipe's thing also was, I don't want to stigmatize those yes. who do have AIDS. Yes. That's what, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what is, it was such, it was such a classy response yeah. to it where it was like, oh, that's perfect. You're not coming out and saying like, Denying it because AIDS is weird or bad or people yeah. who do it. It was great. It was, yes. Yeah. So this song coming out after these two kind of acoustic-based folky records and this video especially being the first time a lot of us see or hear the song, it's so expertly done because it's after Octune Baby, it's a, a band really taking a sharp left turn. Mm -hmm. And the way that the video is directed and shot, it's so perfect because you just you don't see any of their faces at first the first like until the out chorus of focus. yeah mm -hmm. you don't even see it's just from like the neck down yeah, yeah and then you see the back of his head it's like who has a shaved head and then mm -hmm. the chorus happens it explodes you see him in his full like new and all of them he had the star t-shirt they They're all wearing had sunglasses or something he wasn't, but I think Mike Mills was. They all mm -hmm. had their, like, costumes for the Monster album right. and tour mm -hmm. that they totally. wore and everything. It was like a more glam approach. Yeah. The, the album artwork, by the way, is some of their best artwork, I think. The, yeah, uh, Chris Bellheimer. Chris Bellheimer did a great job yeah. with that. This is, like, in my mind, this is the start of sort of modern later period REM with this type of artwork and their look and all this uh -huh. kind of stuff, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and their sound. They're uh, certainly changing it up and re making their image in a bit. Well, like a, a pitcher bit. in a baseball game. It's like, yeah. you know what? I could throw strike, 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 fastball, fastball, fastball. Let's, knuckleball. let's change it up. Let's throw When this song came out, I had just, like I had a button machine and I had- What does that mean? I, I've made one-inch buttons. <laughs> Please explain that. Like, <laughs> I oh, got a I machine see. that oh, makes okay. buttons. I thought you meant a machine that had a button on it that <laughs> did something interesting. <laughs> I just press it and then, but no, I, I made one-inch buttons and I was like way into my DIY, like I'm going to make everything and I learned how to silk screen. Ah, and like the first I was in that period for a while where, uh, with my friend's band that got me into U2. They were called The Innocents and I like was going to learn how to silk screen and I was going to make their official t-shirts. You yeah. know, they played like right. four gigs. Yeah. Right, right. But I was going to be their guy. Yeah, I, I taught myself how to do that and so the first thing that I made is I got a t-shirt that was really bright green and I mm. just silk screened the words violent green oh, on that's it. that's awesome. And oh. just wore it to school and people would be like, what does that mean? And I'd be like, what, uh, you don't know, whatever. Like it was like mm -hmm. my coolness test of like, that's how do you know? a great way know? to meet friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that you, you don't suck. know what this is. Don't talk to me. So, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Was also based on what the the uh, uh, a person who assail, uh, assaulted Ted Koppel, uh, uh, Dan Rather. Dan Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Same guy. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> They're all going to be dead soon anyway. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we all are. Like, who cares? Exactly. Adam Scott, Scott Augerby, who cares about our names? So Dan Rather gets mugged in gets Central mugged Park. by a crazy person, or, or I don't mean to stigmatize the mentally ill, but someone who's having some problems, and this person is asking him, what's the frequency, Kenneth? As they beat the shit out of him. As they beat the yes. shit out of him, which was... A previous, there's a previous song that mentions what's the frequency, Kenneth, isn't there? Before this, this isn't oh, the really? first time in a song it's been mentioned. Oh, I don't know. I believe I heard one the other day that I was like, oh, this predated uh, what's the frequency, Kenneth. Anyway, oh. but uh, but that was what, it, and so it's it's almost like a U2 doing Octung Baby kind of like, hey, we're flirting with irony yeah. and pop culture yeah. 
and not our last album was so sincere and like introspective yes. uh, yeah. this is us like kind of like doing rock in yes. quotes yeah I think sincerity is kind of key and everybody hurts being this really earnest kind of mm-hmm. hard on your sleeve thing they hard just on. Dis- <laughs> harden sleeve they decided on to your go in uh, an ironic direction um, so what do you think of this song this is one of my favorite of their singles this is a great classic REM. I single. this is one of the songs I yeah. knew. I've always liked it. Uh, I liked it when it came out, not enough to get the album, but I was like, oh, this is interesting, and I liked the uh, tremolo effect and yeah. all that. Yeah. It's incredibly. By the catchy. way, people don't know what a tremolo effect. Kevin, Chef Kevin, which what turns us up and down here? Like uh, all our mics here, like this one. Okay, so th- so a tremolo. What it basically is? is oh, is I call it tremolo. I, it may be. I've always said tremolo, but uh, I, I don't I, know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Either of us could be oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever <laughs> whoever wants to <laughs> hey, say this word in hey, it. Hey. But what it is is it's a setting on an amplifier, basically that turns the sound up and down rapidly. Yes. So I'm just going to do a note at one level, and I'll I'll show what it sounds like. It's like yeah, it sounds just like that. It's great. So that's what it is. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, so April, what do you think about this? I love it. It's not my favorite single from the album, but I definitely Ooh, Ooh, that's can't a tease. Wait. Can't wait. But I do love it, and I do remember like you describing the video with such a visceral. Like I've distinctly so remember being like, "Oh my god!" This oh is my a video god. I watched a lot yes. because it was always on MTV, and I was always watching that or the OJ trial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it recently? No, uh, oh, but I just remember it. It's fun to to watch that recently. No, Not my favorite a, video from this I have album. A photographic right. memory. I told you, that's right. Um, and and as we know, videos are approximately twenty five point nine seven photographs per second. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is track the two. Trick of the human eye. <laughs> mm, uh, and I, a human, want to get to track two. This is, by the way, the head side of the record. Side uh, side one, track two. This is Crush with Eyeliner. Crush with eyeliner. That's my favorite. That is. Yeah. Two yeah. words. That's that, always, are, that was my guess. Yeah, it's the best. Two words that are kind of poppy and glammy, like what words? A crush. Yeah. Like, like crushed velvet in a way with eyeliner. I call this one. Oh, you're sticking with the tremolo effect. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they sure uh, they kind of open up with it and then keep opening up with it. <laughs> They're like, hey, guess what we have for this song? <laughs> guess what new pedal I have, yeah. says Peter Buck. I uh, It reminds me of my friend had an amplifier with that effect on it, and he was my roommate. And I would borrow his amp and play. He had a guitar, too, and I would borrow his guitar and amp. And once I discovered that effect, I was like, oh, this is a lot like um, – this is a lot like fuck the Smiths. Uh, uh, I'm human and oh, how soon is now? Uh, how soon is now? Yeah, God, yeah. why am I blanking on this? Because I'm in REM. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, this is like how. So I would just play how soon is now or these chords wah, 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 over yeah. and over to a point where he was like, "Can you fucking yeah. cut it out?" <laughs> yeah, and I or learn another song. Yeah, and I sort of feel like him. I like that um, it's the, the he. Picks I like the song. chord and and he keeps the tremolo or. Or well, let's say, say both it? each time. Uh, tremolo, trem- tremolo, 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 going through the entire song. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love this song too. I actually do like that. This song, I like it a lot. Uh, I was su- surprised that it sounds. It's produced exactly the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And they didn't like put something in between them, or right? Something. <laughs> no, keep it, keep that train rolling. I got the seven inch of this, and it was on pink vinyl, and it came with a calendar. Oh, Whoa! That's cool. that's what rad. year? <laughs> the future? Nine ninety. What if it was like? What if they it was were like time 20, travelers? Twenty seventeen. Were... It was. I used it last year. Um, but a good song. I like the melody. I like. And that's uh, Thurston Moore at the chorus, kind yes. of saying the real thing. He's along Thurston. With them. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I love it. And the video, the the Spike Jones video is is great. I remember I recorded it on VHS and played it for any whoever would come. Oh, over. I did the same thing did people constantly like and like forced. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Me neither. I will say the one thing I didn't like about it is I did read at the time that it was the rumor was it was about Courtney Love. And I oh yeah, did Courtney Love? I remember. So that. I was interesting. Real mad now, about that. Uh, the, uh, one three thing miles that, of bad road. Yeah, yeah. And one because, thing remember, we should bring up about. This record is in between the previous record and this record. Uh, Michael Stipe and was um, friends with both Kurt Cobain and River Phoenix, and they both passed away yes. yeah. uh, prior to this record. And so uh, the, some of the things are dedicated to them both. Yeah, that was because I would go into the school library and read like Rolling Stone and Spin and stuff. <laughs> and this is when I read. I remember go reading to a liquor store and just read it there. <laughs> Liquor stores. stores around. That's where intense. I would read my magazines. Yeah. I read I, them at Gelson's across the street from my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading. It was not Gelson's. It was the Mayfair Market. It was Mayfair Market. Mm-hmm. I remember reading in more than one thing that uh, Nirvana, that Kurt Cobain, his favorite band was R.E.M. That He yes. was like super yeah. into them. They developed a friendship. As I read it, Michael Stipend was um, very uh, appreciative that someone like Kurt Cobain, who is kind of ushering in a new genre yeah. of music, was so complimentary to him, and they be, they yes. struck up a friendship because of it. But then I, as a 15-year-old, then also read that thing, you know, the rumor, which I guess is now true because I saw a picture of it in the documentary where Courtney Love made a list of, like, how to get famous. And yeah. on the list was mm. befriend Michael Stipe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I just remember being like, how— I have that on my list. Yeah, is it How that come? much? I can't is it make that it much happen. different than what you were doing? I'm like, why can't constantly? I be friends with this guy? Yeah, so <laughs> I was also, just jealous. When this album came out, Kurt Cobain had only died like five months earlier. Yes. That's the thing is, yeah. he died previously in 1994. I was in at the April. Olive Garden yeah. in April. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, the, yeah, everyone's just uh, shook by this. And yeah, the album's dedicated to River Phoenix, but then of course there's the song. 
about Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Which one was that, by the way? Let or, Me In, I believe. Let Me In, all right, bring it up when it comes up. All right, this is track three. This is King of Comedy. By the way, a great film. <laughs> yeah, wonderful film. What? Uh, no, it's not. No. All right, here we go. King of Comedy. Make your money with a student Have we not mentioned, by the way, it kind of bums me out that this has, there has to be some sort of Guinness record for most sold back. Go to any UCB yes. store and it's just a oh, sea monster. of orange. So many. You could pave they the shipped, streets of entire cities yeah. They shipped so of many monster. units of it thinking it was going to be huge and then so many people sold it back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was huge. It sold huge, but then. They shipped, yeah, they, sh- yeah. They, but no one kept sold it. them back a year later or whatever. That one sound to me, what do you guys think of it? What do you think before I talk about it? It's uh, it's the diciest uh, song on the album. I will say it's so, very much so of very much of the Andrew time. Dice Clayist. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, Hickory Dickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> For me, the the it's a little too directly addressing like fame and all that stuff, which I find un, not the most interesting subject matter at the time. Though that's all you wanted. Yeah, that's all I wanted. <laughs> and you were like, "What? It's going to be bad." Um, <laughs> I don't I, know. Maybe I, I shouldn't act in that movie. What was it that you got nominated for? Vicious Kind. Vicious Kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I don't dislike it as much as you guys do. No. How do you know I dislike it? I didn't say anything. I, I could tell by your face. <laughs> I think it sounds a little dated to me. Yeah. Uh, it's the only thing it's, that it, it sounds it, dated. A, me. it sounds, it's, it actually sounds, and it's pre-garbage, but it sounds like a garbage or Republica song in a right. little bit. Um, and then you have those like it zoo station. It sounds a little like, hey, we're being you two. I don't know. And then the, you know, the flourishes there. It sounds a little like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds kind of dated. I, I, I don't know. But you well, like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I don't. Yeah, you guys are blowing my mind a little bit because it's hmm. not my least favorite on the. Oh, it's okay. Not, well, okay. It's, not, it's not my least favorite either. Okay, I okay. I think that w- when I went back and and was listening to to Monster uh, a few oh. weeks ago. Oh my god! I, sorry, I'm sorry. I keep saying that word. Um, god, I uh, I didn't dislike it because I was like, ooh, King of Comedy. I haven't listened to King of Comedy in a few years, and braced myself, and I didn't think it was as kind of dated as I thought it was going to be, but it's, I, I think it's the diciest of the record hmm. for me. Okay. Uh, this is track four. Uh, April was talking about it. They played it on uh, Saturday Night Live. This is I Don't Sleep, comma, I Dream.
how you have such like when i hear that now i remember having to jump up to press recording i didn't know they were gonna get to play a third song and i was oh, like what yeah. and i had to jump up to press record on the vcr mm-hmm. and he was wearing those silver pants mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god i can't believe i get to see a third song and it was that i think that song rules i love it it sounds it's kind of Sounds like The Great Beyond in a way when it first yeah, starts. Yeah, totally. Oh, a little bit. It's like sort of predates The Great Beyond. And I Don't Sleep I Dream is a lyric from uh, Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the melody of it a yeah. lot. Yeah, I like the song too. Sleep I like how minimal it is, how kind of velvet undergroundy it is. It mm-hmm. never goes, it never gets huge production wise. They're I, not overdoing it on the. The tremolo? Tremolo, tremolo. That uh, doesn't bother, the tremolo in the first two songs doesn't really bother me. Doesn't bother, it hasn't, it, at, at this point I'm I'm like surprised by it, like, huh, okay, you're doing this, but I'm not bothered by it yet. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like that song. It's not like my favorite, but I've always liked that song. By the way, should we mention he's doing a lot of these songs in character? He's he's like sort of playing characters, almost like Macfisto. In a way, that's something he would he would lie on his back on a couch during the recording uh-huh. and sort of ad lib and figure out the melodies. And he's he's a lot of the lyrics are not as himself supposedly, but they're sort of as right. characters. He kind of said that for every album. Yeah, that's true. He's a liar. All right, um, <laughs> this is track five, star sixty nine. Fun. It's fun. I mean, it's unfortunate when your song's named after a thing that kind of like doesn't exist anymore, that no one <laughs> yeah. ever does anymore. But I thought, I mean, like to me, the phonograph song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I but love this song. I do too. But it, I will say, as hardcore as a fan as I am, it's yeah. definitely one of the songs where I can't pretend like I know the lyrics. Like I'm like, nah, 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 I know, nah, nah. I know you. I called, know that three people have my number you. and the other two are with me. Yeah, I know. That I know part that too. line. <laughs> but other than that, I just fake it every it's time. A, it's a hard one to yeah. know the lyrics. To I feel it, like yeah. it's the song that could have the album could have been better if they did more songs like it. Does that huh. make sense? Sure. Like, I feel like it's a fun little trifle. Like, it's a fun, catchy rock yeah. song. Yeah, the production style isn't like it was back in the Mitch Easter days. And yeah, the, yeah. You know, you know, they're not doing the jangle stuff. But, but it sounds like it's live. Like it, it sounds feels, fun. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, this would be fun to see it in concert. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, uh, so when I hear it, I'm like, you know, I don't think it's my favorite song I've ever heard, but uh, yeah, I like that song. You know, that would be the Batman theme song. Uh huh. Sure. Na 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 Batman. Love it. Love it. Such a beautiful melody. Really, really good song. Yeah, I I've always liked Star sixty nine. It's a cool. By the way, if people, if kids out there don't know what it is, it's a thing where if you missed a call and you're like, oh fuck, I didn't get to the phone in time, you pressed star then six nine on your phone and it would call back whoever just called you or if someone yeah. weird called you. Yeah, I was yeah. not a fan of it because it you couldn't prank people no anymore. Pranking. Yeah, but no there was pranking. a d- thing you could do to disable Star 67. Star 67. Yeah. Is that what it was? I thought mm-hmm. it was Star 7 Because that still works now. You Does, can do oh, wow. it with cell phones. So Star 69 is a thing still? I don't know if that is, but Star 67 is. Oh, it'll, it is. It'll make it say private number when you call Got somebody. Uh, but I just liked he had put 69 in there, man. Yeah. Because he's talking yeah. about fucking. We know what he's really totally. talking about. And I'm just like, I'd like to fucking star 69. Let's do this. That was many years away for me um, <laughs> at this point. Uh, this is the- 69ing specifically? <laughs> yes. Oh, I was fucking all the time. The 69 Constantly. Um, this is the last song on side one. This is Strange Currencies. this i have to say that's my least favorite song on it really no. isn't that crazy because for me and it's wild because i think it's this album's like country feedback and country feedback i love but this mm. one is too stream of con- like i don't know there's something about it where i i just remember always fast forwarding it after street currencies yeah isn't that weird wow i You'd fast forward and not skip well i had the tape wow i had the tape Couldn't this is before i started part. yeah before i started buying cds this is my favorite song on the record. Me too. Really? I was hashtag I thought, me too. We finally agree on something. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to make fun of this. I, I will say the first time I heard it, I we had just done the automatic for the people record, yeah. and I think that was fresh on my mind. And I was like, oh, this is everybody hurts, right? Because it's in six eight time, right? The same as everybody hurts. That ding 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 ding. Yeah. And I've listened to the record a dozen times now, and every time I hear this one, I'm glad I'm hearing it. And it is the one that seems most sincere yeah, in a way. Mm-hmm. It is. Like it's the one where the lyrics are seem like they're coming right from um See, that's kind of why the, I don't uh, weirdly this, this don't part like of the body, it. the 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 lungs. The lungs, yeah. 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 He's like got enough air su- air and breath and support. The pancreas. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just strangely enough, not the first time I heard it. The first time I heard the record, I was kind of like maybe had a different favorite, but now that I've listened to it a dozen times, this is my favorite. See, that's funny. You described why I think it doesn't fit in. Like to me, this record was all artifice. It was like, this is going to be our slick, shiny rock record. And and that didn't fit into me. I have an issue with that. I think is, is maybe why I like this song better. Oh, okay. 
without. I, I do too. I, I feel like if they mixed it up a bit and had a couple other super hard on the sleeve sure. songs, maybe this that would, would be a better coalesce record. the yeah. record a little more. Mm-hmm. But this has always been, I think this is one of their best choruses. Would you put this on mixtapes? So? Yeah, the melody yes. is incredible. It's amazing. And, and he's, it's almost like an live. old soul song with him like it pleading a, at the end. Yeah, yeah it's a torch song. And at the end here, here. that kind of stuff where people leave in their voice cracking yeah, yeah. I like that he's kind of pleading stuff. it's just like plaintive uh, almost like the plaintive wail of that dog at the O.J. Simpson house yeah bringing it back to 1994 <laughs> this uh, this video too is fun to is a fun one to watch because you watch it and you're like oh these guys were fucking huge like you watch mm-hmm. this video yeah. the way they're photographed it's like oh they're like giants of rock in 1995 uh, interesting. The, uh, well, interesting first of all, reaction. First of yeah. all, most yeah. most interesting that Adam and I agree on something, and uh, but also also interesting that you don't like something that I like. As, yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, well, look, we need to take another break. Unprecedented. Well, let's go extra long on this because I want to finish this record sure. with you. Okay. okay. So let's take another break. We'll be right back with more. Are you talking REM remix? This is track one of side two, the tail side, or track seven on the CD. This is Tongue on Monster. At the time, I remember being like him singing in falsetto was really like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. this is crazy!" Yeah, yeah, I I like this song too. I, I uh, always did. I think they did. They release this as a single eventually. Yeah, they did. I also have a seven inch of this. It's like orange mm-hmm. vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the release schedule for the singles. What's frequency, Kenneth? Was September fifth, ninety four. Bang and Blame was January. Tw- Tenth uh, ninety five, strange currencies. April eighteenth ninety five, crush with eyeliner. August fifteenth, tongue. October thirty. They were so big, they were leaving like five months, months yeah. in between gaps. singles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this song a lot too. Yeah, it's good. Um, the whole singing falsetto thing. The one thing I 
I th- sometimes think about this album as it's the first time REM is maybe like a react reacting to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you two had done, you know, Zuropa and mm-hmm. Octoon Baby, where you know singing in falsetto now exclusively instead mm-hmm. of belting it out, and some of the sounds and like Nirvana was so popular. Let's do a rock album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the singing falsetto. It's cool, uh, but yeah, I think this is a great. But you think it was a reaction to Bono doing it? The whole artifice and irony and Uh singing in falsetto and trying to like do rock in quotes music Mm -hmm. seems a little like, hey, maybe we better do what you two did. I don't know if that's the thought process to me, but coming so soon after those when you two had to do that uh, to save their career, um, I don't think you're wrong. I think I that is part of it for sure. I think it's probably a combination of that and a combination of having those chill couple of albums in a row. Mm-hmm. And music it, changed so much so yes. much after Automatic for the yes. people. I mean, it's Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yes. Like, these are the hugest bands in the world. Yes. Almost every big band had to suddenly do a reaction to that. Like, heavy yeah. metal bands were doing this. Yeah. But even, you know, even from Out of Time to Automatic for the People, it was Pearl Jam and... And uh, and Nirvana, and you could hear the feedback yes. come in on "Try Not to Breathe," and I remember hearing that being like, "Oh shit, these guys are listening yeah. to Nirvana." But they were still doing they their were still sounds. doing their thing, right? I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think you two, Nirvana, it it's all influenced this album mm-hmm. for sure, and culture becoming this ironic, you know. Yeah, Letterman moved to CBS. Yeah, it was a whole irony in yeah. Yeah, uh, I think they were. Culture. Playing, I think it was a caricature. You know, he started wearing eyeliner and these silver mm-hmm. pants and, and the nudie suits. A it's like yes, we're doing it, we're doing rock music. Yeah. yeah, we're like I'm a rock star now. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know but also, I mean? they became the biggest band in the world, sitting on stools playing folk yes. songs. Right. So it's I kind of feel like people turned off of this album because it's like no 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 no. That's yeah, that's not, not who that's you are. Not, that's not what we want. Maybe. Maybe. Not that it was inauthentic because I think their image and everything, maybe other than the Elvis suits, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, where but it I was, think it was, it's that authentic inauthenticity yeah, where no, it's like, like we I feel know like, we're being, yeah. we're posing. Yeah. But I think, I don't know that that's what people liked about our right. We talked about on the Out of Time record how I can only imagine, I'd never listened to it, picking it up, the REM person who's Oh, like, you didn't listen to it until the, no. oh, okay. People, like, people lo- loving losing my religion going, oh, I like this. I bet it's an whole album of this. Right. And then it's so strange. Just real quick, how did you feel about it? I think some of it's great. Okay. Of what? <laughs> Out, of, <laughs> Out time, of time, just having not listened to oh, it until yeah, yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. But Automatic for the People, same thing. I was like, this is the REM album that people wanted. Yes. But yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is, the thing about Monster is, uh-huh. the, uh, they had it was a big album. They had huge hits. The tour was huge. Sorry about scaring you there, real quick. Yeah, it's okay. Bang and Blame was a big hit. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Was was a big hit. I think that when you saw the the bins fill up with Monster, it wasn't until like a couple of yeah, years it was way later. later. Sure. While this was happening, it was a big deal, and 100%. people were into their irony thing. It sort was of. working I, for I, them. as a, as a person who was not invested in it. I sensed a backlash for it. Okay, when I think it came eventually out. you're no, right. No, I think I sensed it when it came out. Of like, uh, but I just watched. People a, did think what's a frequency, Kenneth, was the jam. Yeah, I just think they should. If they had followed it up with another "Everybody Hurts" or something, people would have been like, "Yeah." But I just watched a monster show from oh, like the God. middle of the tour on YouTube today, uh-huh. and people were going crazy oh, totally. for like the album tracks on this mm-hmm. for like. I took your name and stuff. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. people were into it. I just don't think it 
lasted as long. Like, I, I don't think that it was a little, like you said, like artifice and it was a little mm-hmm. shallow on purpose. Well, let's and that just talk, doesn't about, last let's talk about irony in general because <laughs> I don't. Yes. Let's define it. I don't know. I don't think it's personally, I'm not a fan. You know, if you're going to be in any art form, an album, podcasting, you want to speak from the heart. You don't want this fucking ironic detachment. Oh, Never. you're playing characters? Mm-hmm. Oh, the host is a character yeah, of the no podcast? Mm-hmm. No. Talk, speak from the fucking heart or don't speak at all. Always. All right. I'm glad I got that off my <laughs> vest. Um, speaking of bang and blame, this is uh, the second single, but track eight on the record or two on side, two tail side. This is bang and blame. What are you talking about? Are we still on? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if you can see yourself now, baby, it's not my fault. It used to be so in You're going to roll right hey, do you know if Ocean Way? <laughs> I think it is still operating. Is it? I think. Oh, cool. Glad I got that off my vest. <laughs> of course. Okay, what do we think about this? Is this, by the way, the... Only other song I knew on the record. Oh, really? Yes. How do this you was, feel? Because this is a big hit. At this is a, this is a pretty yeah. big hit. Yeah. Do you well, like it? I do. I th- I think the use of the tremolo tremolo is very inventive on this yeah. track because it's a slow song and it's doing it on the beat of ain't 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 right. as, as an effect. I think it really works in this of like oh it's not just an effect you're using to make it sound more rock. It's like an integral part of mm-hmm. the um, construction of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always thought this is the jam. I think it's good. You know yeah, it's great. I remember being slightly scandalized because it's the first overt, like this album is when Michael Stipe's like overtly singing about sex and stuff. Like he had never been so. Yeah. Overt. Like the lyrics in this of like, the cock feels good when you touch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Like I was scandalized, yeah. by and the it. stuff about the veins and stuff. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's like too much vein talk." <laughs> but I no, I love it. But I just remember being like, "Okay, you guys do it." Yeah, it's, they don't spell it out that much in any previous. You know what I mean? Yeah, in any previous song. I think this is my least favorite song on the Whoa, album. Whoa, really? interesting! Yeah. Wild. Why card. do you not like it? I just never loved the song. I it. First of all, it's five and a half minutes. I don't think it needs to be. Sure. But it's only five and a half because they include that little bit at the end. Oh, yeah, that like Oh, you're right, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I, I was I looked at the track listing here and it sounded weird that it was five and a half it's minutes. It's probably you're five. Like, it's probably a good something. Five. It's a little yeah. long. Yeah. It just like always felt a little uh <laughs> and too lazy or something. Like that there's not a ton to it. Well, it's got an onomatopoeic song in it, or a uh, word in it, in the title. Bang. Bang. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, which is scary sometimes because I hear it and it's like, what? Bang. Monster. Oh, okay, okay, right. Don't right. shoot. Uh, um, it was just never one of my, like, it's it sounded cool the first couple times, but then I feel it's like ankle huh. deep. It's a little, I don't know. 
I it's one I it. return to. I like really? it. That's yeah. cool. I like it. I like it. Was it on their in time? Was it on that one best of thing? Probably. I, yeah. I don't think it was actually. Maybe I not. think only what's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah, huh. I don't think it was. They. I don't By the know. way, speaking of what's the frequency, Kenneth, uh, Chef Kevin over here uh, uh, alerted to me to to the song that I was thinking of. It's by the band Game Theory. It's Kenneth. What's the frequency? Which is what? Which is the more exact quote? Got it. And it was produced by Mitch Easter, producer Whoa. of all of the early REM albums. That's right. Huh. And the other thing we didn't bring a uh, talk about in What's the Frequency, Kenneth, is the beat at the end slightly slows down. The band kind of slows down almost in that, like, end of losing your religion thing where it goes dun, 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 and the band just naturally slows down. Uh-huh. Uh, they were not supposed to do that. But uh, uh, Mike Mals uh, had a heart murmur or something happen while they were recording it. And so the, and he slowed down and the band naturally just followed his lead and slowed down. And that's why it's that on way. On What's the Frequency Again? Yes. Okay. Oh. Sorry, did I not say that? No, no, I, yes. I, you did. I was just, okay. that's interesting. Um, really? Why are you <laughs> frowning and <laughs> giving me the thumbs down? <laughs> um. <laughs> I, we, we had already talked about that, so I was trying to make it sound like I was hearing it for the first oh, time good. by saying that's interesting. <laughs> I want to nominate you for an Independent Spirit Award for <laughs> that performance. You. Talking about that in time thing, do you like that version of Leave that's on it as much as I do? That like super stripped uh, down the version one from, of Leave. Uh, is it about Life the, Less Ordinary, right? Is it about oh, making that, like I, a tree? I only have it. Okay, no oh, one's listening to me anymore. They're just yeah. – <laughs> The B side. This collection. is real fan to real fan. Uh, the one that's the second disc on that in yeah, time yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I think love that it. They recorded that, or Michael Stipe recorded it for, for that soundtrack? Life Less Ordinary. Oh, okay. But it was on the soundtrack. It's credited only to him. But then they oh. put it on the. I like that movie. Soundtrack. I don't have Me that too. soundtrack. I like that. Movie Has Danny a lot. Boyle made a bad movie? I don't think so. I, don't think I so. was watching even uh, Sun. What's the one about the sun? That's awesome. Solar. I was watching Solaris, Solaris, the uh, sunrise or sunlight or whatever. I was. I watched that for the first sunshine, time the other day. I sunshine, yeah. And I was like, this dude is just. I mean, yeah. it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, no, but it's I was really like, good, he's fucking. He's even his good. like okay movies are really yeah. good. Yeah, he's great. Oh well, I never got that. I love film. Right. All right, uh, this is. I love films. The next uh, is it? I love film or I love films? It depends. There's two different really podcasts. Does. <laughs> <laughs> this is track nine. This is I Took Your Name. It's back! <laughs> In a big way. <laughs> your name call me by your name <laughs> scott what do you think of this me no 
calling her by my name. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I like it. I mean, I think it's King of Comedy Part 2. Kind mm-hmm. of, but like a I sequel. like it. That would have been yeah. great if they yeah. had made King yeah. of Comedy Part Two. Wait, you think that this sounds like King of Comedy? I kind of do like the lyric, like lyrically the delivery and everything. Uh. To me, yes, but I like it. I, you know, it's so hard to be. It's hard to be constructive because with REM, I just want to be like, I love everything. Yeah, yeah. But also specifically with this album because it's totally when I learned to drive, hundred percent. This yes. cassette so tape this was the in soundtrack my mom's to... Honda Accord. Ooh. Yeah. Like, I, it's so hard to be like, I don't like that when it's like, I listen to that a thousand times. Yeah, I listen to this w- without stopping for like yes. a full year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But um, it's, I mean, it's kind of, I like it. It's not my favorite. Uh-huh. I don't hate it. It's, mm. a, it's a good song. Hmm. I, this is the point in the album where um, I kind of think with a tremolo, tremolo. I uh, knew it was going to get y- to you. Yeah, first, yeah, yeah. first time is great. Second time is annoying. Third time is a spanking. Um, <laughs> but you liked, but you liked like, the third time. On I know, Bang I Blank. know. But this, but I guess, what I mean to say is, is that expression. This is the part where I'm like, guys, put it away, <laughs> put it away, uh, and like, let's get back to the business of making a record. Um, this is where it starts to grade. On I me get it, a but I didn't mind it. I think because to them it was the opposite of a mandolin. Like right. they're like, it's, it's this a fl- gives the who's whole a album mandolin? a flavor. Um, um, is that? Is that Justin Lin's wife? I just feel like they were like, what's the exact opposite of out of time? (laughs) Yes. And it'll be this pedal. No, I just, I guess for me, it's like when you hear a rock album, I don't, it's not like, okay, here's the deal. Like when, when, when a, when a musician says, Hey, that's why you make albums is like, this is an artistic statement front to back. So when a musician like Lou Reed with a blue mask or something says like, this is my rock album and the albums are going to be produced similarly or whatever. Totally. I don't know what it is about the effect of the tremolo tremolo where I'm like, I just can't hear a record of this like constantly. It ends up only being four songs on an album of 12. Well, we got Kenneth, Crush With Eyeliner. uh, Bang and Blame. Yeah. Bang and Blame, and I took your name. I feel like some of the next ones do too. I don't know. Uh, I I think it's fine. It, it's something that binds the album together and gives it an overall flavor. I know I, it's crazy because it's like it's like saying to Pete Townsend, you know, like, "Hey, man, enough with the feedback." Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, that's but, what I think. It, but you know. I don't know what it is. Okay, so anyway, but wait, wait, wait. Yes. I think this is a great song. I think it's one of the better on the album. There's a reason they open shows with it, not only on this tour, but all the way till they finished. I think uh-huh. on Accelerate, they opened a lot of shows with. I will say I I've never game. heard it not in the context of this album yeah. sequenced, and I'm tired of this sound by track nine. Yeah, I, right. I get so, that. So if I were, if if maybe if it was resequenced or it was the only song I heard, I'd be like, oh, I like this one. It's a great song live, and mm-hmm. I, I love I love that song. I think it's. Terrific. All right. Uh, Let's go to track 10. Um, Let me in. Yeah, all those stars drip down like butter. Promises you see. We hold out our hands with our hands to catch them. Hey. Hey. 
at the end. Who wants to start? When you were in, uh, in in the 90s, did you ever listen to that and smoke cigarettes and think about Kurt Cobain? Oh, you were too young. No, I was straight To think edge, about Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay, so okay, I okay. never smoked or drank or okay, anything. Okay. Are you still straight edge? I still am. I still have so you never You got the X on your- uh, That's cool. Got the X I don't, on your- oh. I don't have that. But yeah, so I didn't do that, but I did- Yeah, I knew that it was about Kurt Cobain. Yeah. What do you think alcohol is like? <laughs> Um, well, when I see people in my family participate, it doesn't seem fun. So that's, it makes you uh, mean. So, um. But I'm, I mean, when I. You're cool. You're cool. Like, I'm just cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just see you and go, that looks cool. (laughs) I got wine coolers. I'm trying on rubbers. I can. Yeah. Spuds McKenzie. (laughs) I texted, uh, I texted Scott the other day from previous episode talking about himself at 12 or 13. 15. (laughs) 15. Yeah, he's drinking wine coolers alone in his room, trying on rubbers. <laughs> he's like, "That's all I can think about you at 15. I was Wait, like, "Wait, you really?" Did I was that? like, "Yeah, pretty accurate." Listen to the <laughs> listen to the episode. Oh, God, uh, gotta try them on to see if they work. Yeah, of course. Um, what do we think, guys? I like this song a lot. I I think it's really pretty and and sad and everything. And they recorded, I think, with uh, his guitar, right? Didn't they record the song with with Kurt, Kurt Cobain's? Cobain's guitar? Did they steal it in like a Ocean's Eleven yeah, style heist? Yeah, they stole wow. all of his uh, guitars. Um, and they played it acoustically on the Accelerate tour, which mm-hmm. is really pretty as well. Um, yeah, I like this song a lot. Yeah, I think I liked it more. I mean, than. Yeah, because I knew the meaning behind it as well. Yeah. Like th- mm-hmm. this one was, as far as it being heartfelt, I was like, well, I know for a fact that you guys wrote this for him. So I knew, does that mean, I the mean, feel, I knew where feeling, it was coming yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the melody. I find it very difficult to listen to. Because it's all this wash of yeah, electric I, Yes, exactly. Yeah, I would like to hear that acoustic version. Yeah. Because I think it's a beautiful melody. And I, I, look, I like the idea of it if, like, again, Lou Reed were to do it or something like that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What if they put a tremolo on it? Then <laughs> oh, would baby. you be into it? Oh, baby. <laughs> I love it when the organ comes in. It kind uh-huh. of mixes up well you should look up the the acoustic i'd like to hear the acoustic version because i really do like the melody and i've tried so hard yeah Mm -hmm. and again because i'm listening to the album in sequence i'm not just popping in on let me in yeah right i'm just like i'm getting a headache honestly at the end of this record um i've I've listened to it like five times in the last 24 hours and i'm starting to get a headache listening (laughs) listening to this record okay (laughs) this is circus envy this is the next one reminding me of like it, 
It reminds me of Bang a Gong. That ridge. Like Bang One Gong? Yeah. Yeah. Like T Rex or something. Yeah. I prefer the power station. (laughs) I do, actually. (laughs) Me too. Um, I love that song. I think it rules. And you know what made me. It was my favorite for a long time. Totally. And it made me revisit when I got live at the Olympia and they played it. And I was like, remember how rad this song is? And then I would go listen to it on repeat. Me too. When they played that live at the Olympia, I was like, fuck yeah. Yes. That's what I I knew Accelerate was going to be good because of the songs they picked for that. Oh, right. I was like, right. You knew it was going to rock. Dude, Mm. Accelerate is so good. So is Collapse. We'll talk talk about it. It went out on a high note. Those records are great. So great. Um, What do you think, Scott? I like it. Is it also like by this point in the record you're like this enough is how, with the this electric is how I, guitar? This is how I feel with this record. I feel like it's like, you know how when your friend calls you up and is like, hey, do you want to go on a hike? And you're like, oh, that would be fun. It would be fun to hang out with my friends and go on a hike and get a little exercise. And they take you to Runyon Canyon and yeah. then they're like, oh, this is a cool way to go. Uh, it's it's maybe a little bit harder than, mm-hmm. the, than the normal way, mm-hmm. uh, but you'll be fine. And then it's like – so fucking steep and you're exhausted and you haven't hiked in like three months and you yeah. just want to hang out with your friend and you're you're, go, you're like <gasps> and you didn't bring water and you're yeah. just like god damn it guys what <laughs> yeah. are you doing that's how I feel but so you as love a, it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I'm, away. To, I'm totally energized I've lost weight at the end hold away from this album as a song I probably right. would like it but again I've never heard it not in the context of the album so I I would like to to listen to it surrounded by some other songs and go like, oh, wow, this is cool or whatever. But So do you feel like, and I'm starting, this is the first time I've really thought about this album in this way, which is it's such a reaction to what they had built up with Out of Time and Automatic. Too far of a course correct. That if they had taken those two records and taken some flavors from those and mixed it with a few songs in this flavor, they would have mm-hmm. come up with something really balanced. And, and it would have been a classic and everyone would have loved it. Like, oh, wow, they're a little rock on yeah, half yeah, the yeah, record. Yeah. But don't you, you know? think that's what they did with New Adventures? And High it High? is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, really is. I haven't heard that record. Oh. Uh, well, I think that's why I love this album because it's so weird and it freaked people out. Sure, totally. All right, so this is the last song. Um, and if you, you know, I mean, you have two of these, it makes a W, but this is uh, the song You. There's only one of them? You.
That is you. What do you think, April? I love it. I think it's a great way to end it because it's like the perfect combination of the ballad slower songs mm-hmm. on the album. Like I just thought it was a great way to go out. And also I do love again, I have a weird thing of loving when people leave in flaws. Like leaving like his voice kind of cracks uh-huh. and he's like struggling to make that note. And I like yeah. love that they left that in and didn't do another take or something. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the building yeah. uh, nature of the chorus. Totally. It's really pretty and kind of epic sounding. Was never my favorite song on the album, but I do appreciate and and like it. Right. I think it's a nice little bow to tie it all together. Yeah. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of everything we just said? No, no. I Technically, again, it's good. I feel like it's, this, it's a good last song because I don't think you can follow it because it's so fucking exhausting. <laughs> that I, like, I, yeah. I just like, I don't know. I, I honestly, I've listened to this record so much over the last week. Uh, today after the, I, I listened, I had a long car trip and I listened to it three times in a row. Yeah. Uh, I had to, I had to listen to other music to, to figure out if I yeah. liked music anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because these last four songs just really are very hard for me. Yeah. Just like as a whole, as a whole, I right. think I would like, I think I would like that technically. Like if, if I just this heard. was a double album with these songs, uh, accompanied by something mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah, that's all. Or if, or if I was listening to it on random shuffle and yeah. I heard this pop up, I'd be like, "This is fucking rules." It's right. interesting. I think it's also a, a product of the time as well, because in 1994, you put out something like after Nevermind came out, you yes. put out something, and you have this thing. And if you're you know, if you have like rock and roll credibility, mm-hmm. you're gonna have just you this have to loud have distortion thing. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, it's like when Blur decided they were pavement in a way. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um. But but I still think there like that music at that time was so strange. Of like there, yeah, there was grunge and Motley Crue and all the hair bands had to adjust or whatever. But there was still stuff like the Spin Doctors and. And yeah. uh, and ska coming up that I think if they had stuck to just being REM, but it I think have, they I did. I mean, this album is a reaction to a lot of what was going on at the time. But the music itself that ended up being on the album is unlike anything else that was around at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, like it's, it's to weird. their credit, they're not doing grunge, right? Right. You know what I mean? They're like, we need to do a rock album. It's glam influenced, but it doesn't sound like, hey, we're doing our glam up. It sounds yeah. like this is their, it's a unique sound and this is their sound. Like, what's the frequency, Kenneth, has that big guitar, but the drum beat is just weird. There's, I noticed the drum beat it's is great. like faded in the mix a lot I know, of times. it's really. Like on Star 69, it's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> um, and drums, I think. I'm back here. You can't hear me. I'm playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wake the monster. Yeah. I think that that's where uh, they got the title. Is he was saying that? <laughs> to their credit, they were the biggest band in the world, and they put something this weird out there. Is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, monster as a whole, what do we think about it? Uh, April, obviously, you're so close to this that yeah, when I you're mean, young, yeah, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where it being the soundtrack to so many times in high school, it's difficult for me to not yeah. love it. Yes. Yeah. Difficult for you but to But I disengage. acknowledge that my own feelings are tied into it. I mean, but, it's oh, not the, my favorite REM not, album. But look, that's that's what music's about, though. Yeah. Your feelings should be tied into it, and yeah. you should have good feelings when you listen to it. 
You yeah, know what I mean? When it comes to rank, if I were to rank their albums, this would be in the middle, middle mm-hmm. to lower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Um, speaking of ranking, oh, Adam, uh, do you want to say what you think, think of Monster? Somewhat similar. I have so much, so many memories. Thinking of that bed sheet? I had a really, <laughs> <laughs> the bed sheet in the window was, yeah. I was listening the, the to this moment. record. Cum splattered bed sheet. Oh, God. It was splattered. miserable. And it was splattered. Like, a, if it's 100 degrees outside, it was 107 so, in my oh, apartment. Oh, God. Totally. Yeah. It was the worst. So there's that. And I had a, tragic thing happened to my friends and I when this was at, like it, there's a lot of um memories associated with this and that it's like Scott what you're reacting to it's this one really uh this one sort of the album is this one thing which is an interesting thing about it um uh but within that one thing they wrote some extraordinary songs mm-hmm. um and technically did some incredible things so I think it's a huge technical achievement, and I love a lot of the songs. There's just Bang and Blame and King of Comedy for me are, are the ones that I'm not crazy about, it, but everything else on it mm-hmm. I love. All right. Well, uh, before we get to – Was that I, long I, enough of I, a uh, – I like it. No, it's great. Right, Karen, yeah. What do you think? Um, before we get to the ranking, I mentioned ranking. You have ranked your top I, 10 REM songs. Here. Here. Before, before, before we get yeah. to it, let's, let's – they did not have – any B-sides that were not just live versions of songs, which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, they they just put out the album and that was it. Other than here's uh, one song that they put out on Beat the Retreat, which is the uh, Richard Thompson uh, cover record. This is Wall of Death. I love this. This was maybe more around Adventures in Hi-Fi time. I feel like it came out this, this was year. A, this was a B-side of uh, Epo the Letter. But I feel like I thought, it, I thought this tribute record name. came out this year, though. It was a B-side. Well, either way, this is a great cover. But you know what they did release on the singles for this? They released three songs at a time, that Greenpeace show. Oh, yeah. Cool song. Yeah. I like it. I'm sorry if I messed up and it should be with the next one, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going by years in my iTunes. Who cares, bro? Who cares? <laughs> All right, let's get to it. So let's talk about your favorite. All right. Hi-yim song. Top 10. Yes, top this 10. And I'll try to play difficult. them. I'll try to find Starting them. Starting with 10. Them. Oh, yeah, counting yeah. up to number one. Please don't go out of order. All right. Yeah. Number 10, All the Best. Wait a minute. What's happening? From oh. Collapse Into Now. Now, did you know when you heard I didn't the- know when I heard it. I didn't. I did. You I, did? You were I like, even this went is on the message board and I was like, you guys, guys are they breaking up? <laughs> because I didn't at the time. I really, And then when I went back and listened to it, it's, I'm like, duh, you're telling us you're breaking up. Yeah. And it's a rad song. I, but I, I couldn't love find they, anyone that agreed with me. People on the message boards didn't agree with no, you? No, they were like, no, stop it. Stop it, Adam Scott, yeah. famous dumb actor. <laughs> because you, uh, yeah, it spells it out so obviously. Were, so obviously. What was your name on the message boards, by the way? Yeah. I don't remember. I joined just to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> what, what was your pseudonym? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I felt really dumb after the fact when I went back and listened to it where I'm like, hi, this is explicitly. Yeah. We're breaking. Yes. I haven't heard That's the song awesome. yet. But. I love that there's yeah. a Collapse in the Now song on your top Oh, I love cool. that album. I love Me it. Too. So all I don't want to play it because I haven't, haven't heard that record yet. yet, so okay. we're not going to play That's 10. Nine is Electrolyte. I haven't heard that either, so. Oh, that's, I, I forgot. Next record, yeah. Um. Uh, 
Let's see. Eight is world leader pretend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have heard that. But what's that from? It's green. Green. Oh yeah, yeah. of course I've heard it. <laughs> Wait, um, let me play. Let me let me find okay. it and let me play it. World leader pretend. This is track eight or number eight. This is April's number eight favorite song. This is world leader be pr- be, be, be. <laughs> Good song. <laughs> it's cool. It's not good. It's great. <laughs> All right. What's number seven? Seven is night swimming. Night swimming. Oh, no, you... seven is crush with eyeliner. Oh, uh, okay. Afro-Man we heard that. Orders. We heard that yeah. at length. And then uh, the next one is night swimming. What do so you think? Six, six is, is night, night swimming. swimming. You okay. being a Britpop fan, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Jean version? We talked about. Oh, it. I actually like it. Mm-hmm. I do like. That's it. That's the first version I heard. Oh, really? I'd never heard that. You song. didn't know that it was a cover. Did you no, like I knew, it? I knew it was a cover. I just was like, oh, here's an REM song right. from that last album. It's pretty I like straightforward. It. Yeah, it's I mean, just an English dude singing. Yeah, exactly. Not swimming. It's a little more like that. Night it's not night swimming, it's night swimming. I am English. Okay, wait, that was six? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, five is wolves lower. Oh, wolves right. comma lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, shout out That's to the shout out to the Instagram of Wolves Comma Lower, who was inspired by this uh, show to post pictures on his Wolves Comma Lower Instagram of all of his REM memorabilia. Great. <laughs> You have lost interest, haven't you? This is an extra long episode. Oh, yeah, sorry, three guys. Hours. Sorry. No, it's not your fault. It's our, our fault. <laughs> I used to have the cover art of Chronic Town hanging up, and then it scared me. Oh, like, yeah. it was too I scary that I had to, in it's the dark. Scary. Look, R.A.M.'s yeah. a scary band. They're all I don't know why they're not played, monster. you know, exclusively at Halloween. On Halloween. Uh, next, number four is Exhuming McCarthy. Yes. Exhuming McCarthy. Let me see if I... kind of hating on that song. What? That song rules. Let me see if I kept it in That's the song I used to go put headphones on people at school. I made my history teacher play it when we got to McCarthyism. Yeah. I made Coach Bibby play it in front of the class. Coach Baby? Coach Bibby. (laughs) Wait, is this Boss Baby? (laughs) Yeah. Boss Baby again. Uh, Exhuming McCarthy. I did not keep it in my iPod. That has not made the cut. Number three is Life and How to Live It. What's that from? Yes. Uh, Reckoning, or no, Fables of the Reconstruction. Right, right, right. Sorry, I can't remember these titles. My brain is fucking fried. I thought you had a photographic memory. Monster fried your brain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Life and How to Live It. Life and How to Live It, the best. Uh, Two, South Central Rain. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then number one, Fall on Me. Oh, so good. It's the greatest song of all time. That's a great list. Thank you. That's so much better than David Wayne's list, because David Wayne's list... Was fuck David Wayne. Can I just say something from the first three albums? That's uh, that would that's be bullshit, that, right? That would be my list I, though too. No, yeah, but that's bullshit. But fuck David yeah. Wayne. I don't. I'm with you. That's. I get so annoyed when people are like, "Yeah, they're good until like document." Sorry about it, but not true. It's so not true. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will say that I am uh, getting an education here, and I, I gave it up for automatic for the people. I uh, think it's a solid, solid record. Oh, I can't wait to listen to these later episodes where yeah. you just are like, it's well, fascinating. Considering to me from that context you... clues, you haven't listened to any of the previous ones. Uh, I doubt that'll happen. Yes, I did. <laughs> Okay, we got to go. Um, this has been fun. April, Thank you're you. a Thank great you guest. This is show. like the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. Aww. Thank I, you for having me. I honestly, it's such a relief to talk to uh, someone else. <laughs> well, sure I'm, glad, I'm glad I could be there for both of you. <laughs> we got to go. Um, next up on the docket is, what is it? Is it automatic for the people? Uh, new Adventures in Hi-Fi. New Adventures in Hi-Fi. That's right. Okay, so we'll be getting to that. But uh, until then, we have to say 
that we certainly hope that you have found what you're looking for. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Ticano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shakin? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.